This is Space Cats Peace Turtles, the unofficial podcast for Fantasy Flight's Twilight Imperium. Episode 211. POK Agendas, an Invitational Announcement. Music by Ben Prunty, featuring Matt Martins and Hunter Donaldson. Well, yeah, you have been playing Mass Effect 2 on uh, on stream. We should maybe push that a little bit. Cause you've should been... we? Because I've only been getting, like, Kellogg's hanging out with me. Hey, well, Kellogg. you know what? Kellogg's is my Mass Effect buddy. Well, you you stream <laughs> when when it works for you, right. not necessarily when it works for people. You know what I, I mean? Thought... You stream during working hours. Well, I streamed Thursday evening all night. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's true. You did, you did go kind of late. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, like, it doesn't matter. It's, it's just, I'm just playing the game to play It's not it. a Mass Effect 2 show, yeah, so exactly. I don't know how much of our audience <laughs> Although, is set up Although, I will that. say the crossover has been quite good. Uh, I've even seen, it started in Twitch chat, but now Homebrewers Guild people are like, well, we should do Mass Effect factions oh for, my God. for the Homebrew yeah, for factions the, coming for, up. <laughs> yeah, for the Homebrew factions. Yeah, that would be super I've good. I've seen Krogan being worked on. What a... So you actually sent me a message last night oh. where you were like, I checked my game time and it was 18 oh hours. We're going to have this conversation. Well, but I don't know what you meant by that. So I was like trying to figure it I out. Meant, and then you said sigh. Because you were like, what is that like a lot? <laughs> well, I don't know because I didn't understand. Okay. 18 hours in what way? Like that, two, two, that I haven't done enough to have. Two aspects. Yes. There are two parts to it. Yes. In 18 hours, I have only acquired the team. I just got, or I haven't even That's... acquired Samara. 18 hours, knowing how much game is ahead of me, it's like, oh, I'm going to play this for 80 uh, hours. You might be overestimating how much game is ahead of you, though. Like, well, and 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 yes, yeah, so Mass Effect 2 is probably 80 hours with all the DLC. Like, uh-huh. if you do all of it, it probably is an 80-hour experience. Right. My game time got messed up because on the Xbox, the quick resume mm-hmm. means that it never turns. Oh, like, I'm, I'm playing on. Mass Effect 3 right now. <laughs> like, and so, like, when I check right. my save file, it's, like, hundreds of hours, basically. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. ridiculous. Impossible um, to know. So I, I actually don't know how long it took me to play Mass Effect 2, but 80 hours seems right, because it's probably about, you know, you're... you're and how... Okay, so... Okay, yeah, so then this, ahead, gets to part, this gets to part two. Yeah, what's part two? Okay, Mass Effect 2 took Hunter Donaldson 80 hours. Probably. How many days is that for Hunter Donaldson? Oh, um, that's probably like two weeks okay. of like playing Great. like at night. Okay. I have a baby. Yeah. <laughs> 18 hours in two weeks feels like a lot yeah I and mean, that's the problem that we have right, right now right is, it is impossible wait which podcast are we recording I right know, now yeah. like, <laughs> well now, now we're really getting ahead of ourselves anyways let's let's talk about uh let's talk about twilight imperium and we've been working on another podcast we've been working on a video yeah, game show so. but the difficulty of the video game show is uh how when does that Matt, Matt play, can video, play video games yeah <laughs> so get... we need uh we need someone we to need be guests. a new host yeah. yeah um and then matt will be there yeah and he will have seen the box art to the game <laughs> uh and we'll still have opinions about it i expect uh, I watch a lot of video games. I have a lot more time to watch games than I do to play them. Yeah, that's true. And you know what? I think when the Steam Deck comes out, if that's good, it's going to help me a lot. It w- probably will help. I you. can't sit in here and play a video game. Yeah, this, you can't in be office, in here with Molly out there. She you know? literally, there's a baby gate, and she will literally, when Hunter and I are recording, she will come up to the baby gate and sling one arm over and be like, "What you guys doing?" Yeah, or what she'll are you doing? she'll get the door open. She will literally will be recording the show, and Molly will just open the door, <laughs> and she'll just be standing there like, "What's going on in there? How come?" <laughs> Why how come I'm not doing that? Like, how can I? How can I get involved with this? 
and she's just no one else is home she's just roaming around free that's definitely i want to put that in there that's what i want people to believe Yeah, when we record molly's just out there yeah, there's yeah. no second the dog's here. watching her the dog's watching her yeah, yeah birdie's got her uh so <laughs> this was this went on far too long that's okay uh, maybe you should cut it down I don't we'll know. see uh we have an awesome thing to announce today yeah, right this is a big top. deal this is a big deal we are doing uh a it's not the patreon tournament but we are going to do a little mini 36 player invitational tournament yeah for and, twilight imperium prophecy of kangs yep and uh that that tournament uh well first off let's just let's throw some dates at you uh the last three weekends of october are the intent so it would end the weekend of halloween not specifically halloween we don't have like times for all of these yet we have to get all our players set up but we mm-hmm. are doing this invitational tournament the last three weekends of october uh we're gonna have a special structure we're gonna go over all of that but i think what i want to lead off with is hunter who are the players getting invited okay. to this tournament? So the intention of this tournament is to celebrate the f- uh, first three years of the SCPT Patreon tournament. Um, this is something that me and Matt have talked about for a long time. I think we originally started talking about it uh, in the middle of tournament two. Yeah. We talked about this idea. Um, and now we've finally gotten there. Um, so what I did was I combed through all of the data that has been collected uh, from every game in every each tournament all three tournaments um luckily there is a lot of data available even though we did not um record in any way the prelims for tournament two there still was lots of data collected and i have to thank you for that we recorded the like people that were in games and right and their point totals lots of no there's even more strategy cards so much information we we recorded a lot so what i did was i combed through all of that data um i collected it uh, am I going to explain to you what the parameters of that collection was? No, you will never know. You don't get to game the system to get invited you, to future invitations. Exactly, exactly. not up to you. <laughs> I mean, you can assume some things sure. like play well, and then you... If you, you win games, you're going to, like, yeah. you have a better chance. Right. If your finalists right. are getting invited. <laughs> right. So, uh, so that data has been collected. I then ranked uh, basically every player, not every player that's ever uh, competed in the tournament, uh, but there was like a certain cutoff yeah. that if you made it, then you then you got on my list. And then I compiled all that data. Uh, I ended up probably ranking like, I don't know, close to like 60 yeah. players, maybe, maybe right. even like 70. Actually, I might be surprised if I opened it up, how many players actually <laughs> did rank. Um, rank them in order. We're going to take the top 36 of that list. And then each of those 36 players is going to get um, invited. Uh Obviously, you can imagine that there are some players that may have like not that maybe haven't played in three years or maybe. just aren't around anymore. Right. There's one player in particular from the finals of the first tournament that I have struggled to find. I just yeah. can't find them anywhere. I'll put the um, call out, Mage. Yeah, slash. You've changed your name to Speaker of the Lazax in the past. If you're out there, if you still play Twilight Imperium, email us. Yeah, <laughs> please uh, hit us up. Um, so yeah, uh, those 36 players are going to get uh, invitations to the tournament. Um, and if somebody can't make it or doesn't accept for any reason, I already have, like I said, I've ranked all the way down right. to like 70 something players. I will never tell you what rank you are. You may never see it. <laughs> like you will never ever get to see it because yeah. I do not want the, I do not want the regular tournament corrupted by this idea that you're playing for some other metric yeah. to get into a new yes, yes. That second, that second place will never really matter. Um, in our tournaments, right. it's all just winner take all, uh, because that's the way we like to do it. Um, and if you can imagine, maybe that also is reflected in the the way. The I'll thing say this works. much too: if you are predicting 
that you're like, oh, well, let me try to play it into it anyways. I can kind of guess. If we do another invitational tournament in the future, we might literally change, change the yeah, metrics. Exactly. Like, we, it is the points are, don't matter. We make it up as we right, go. We get right. to choose how we kind the, of the, invite if, people. It, yeah. If you want to be included in the invitational, uh, you just uh, had to do well. Play well. Um, yeah. And I, I will say there, uh, you can imagine that, oh, well, this is going to skew. Uh, towards players that have been around longer totally. that have played in all three tournaments um, that there is that as a factor however I also added some stuff into the data to help people yeah. that just got in this year and as did well. really well yeah right. and did really well so uh, yeah very excited about it it's going to be kind of a celebration of uh, the three years of the tournament um, and to those 36 players that we'll be reaching out to um, I hope that you're able to uh, participate um, I'm very excited about the group. I think it's 36 very, awesome. very good people. Yeah. Like I think the games will be really, really interesting and really fun. Um, and I definitely want it to feel like a tournament where everyone is just kind of like cutting loose and yeah. like trying wild stuff. It's more and of a party tournament. Stunting. Yeah. 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 This is like the Harlem Globetrotters <laughs> like type tournament. <laughs> right. You know? Right. I want to see the wacky strategies. Yeah. Because there's no, I mean, there's barely a prize for the Patreon tournament. There basically right. isn't. You get, right. you get a different but the, screen there name There is color. kind of a prize of like you clawed your way exactly. to this spot. This one, there's literally no prize. Yeah. You get nothing. <laughs> you already did all the work. You did all everything. All 36 players have already done thing. everything that would get them invited into right. the prizes that you got invited. That's right. it. Totally. So let's talk about the structure of this tournament, how we're going to do it. I will say this much too off the top. This is the intent of this is maybe a bit of testing what next year's Patreon tournament would be. Yes. I'm not going to say the Patreon tournament will be will mimic exactly this, but we will probably take notes on how this tournament goes and use that for next year's Patreon yeah. tournament. It's sort of a test. So the big thing is we're doing effectively multi-draft because we love multi-draft it is great it is kind of becoming the best way to play uh we could later on give a more intricate uh thing into just what multi-draft is i would love to someday do an episode that's just we like probably should here's actually. a bunch of but but we'll talk specifically about our tournament multi-draft which is multi-draft generates slices absent of their placement on the map yeah so just like we have named slices, if you set, if you pulled that out and then said, actually, we're going to put Miller High Slice in the twelve o'clock position, right? That's the that's the genesis. That's like the basis of multi draft, right? So yeah. for our tournament multi draft, we want to have seven predetermined slices that are available for every single draft, right? Only six will end up getting placed into it and in kind of a different order every single time, right? We will also Hunter and I predetermine eight factions. For every single game, the tournament's going to be split. The semifinals will be split up over two weekends, three games a weekend. And the goal being within each weekend, you will see all 24 factions of the game. Yeah. And then the next weekend, you'll see the 24 again. And then I don't know how we'll do the finals exactly, but there will be eight pre-selected factions. So then the draft order of multi-draft is you can either in draft order select a slice, a faction, or your position in round one speaker order which means if you take number one it is effectively like taking the speaker token and you get first pick of strategy card once we've revealed all the public objectives and all of that mm -hmm. so this is this is kind of the layout of all of it um uh so you know some people pick slice first and then very quickly get their uh their position in speaker order because they're like well i can kind of make any faction work as long as i have the best slice and a good round one i can make arborec work or whatever i'll take the, the the last pickings right so that is the the overall idea for how the games will be played uh our intent 
is the weekend before the tournament starts, we want to do what we're calling a pool day, where it's effectively just us revealing the pools Mm -hmm. so that the players that already know their games coming up over the next two weekends have a week or two of prep time to think about how they want to run the draft. It can even be allowed that the six players can start running the draft on Discord or sure. DMs or whatever. Right. We will go through the draft on the stream so that viewers can see what happens. But I, w- I would expect there to be games where once the players sit down at the table, they're actually just th- running through the motions of how they've already chosen to draft the game. Yeah, totally. Uh, I think uh, another thing that we will uh, probably do on that same day or maybe like, I don't know, or maybe before is revealing those slices beforehand. So they're going to know what slices are going to be available, all seven. Uh, What I love about this system is that we're going to build a slice that won't make it into map. Yeah, like that that we're going to have to build so many slices and come up with fun names for them. And Mm. now we get to do one extra name. (laughs) Right. It's kind of the biggest deal (laughs) because that's the only reason that we do this. The only reason we do the tournament is to name name funny slices. Name slices. Even though like a lot of times we run out of gas. What's your favorite slice name we've ever had? Mobile Slice Gundam was pretty good. (laughs) That was like a really good name. Yeah. Yeah. So so good it, it, uh, it's going to have spawned a, a t-shirt idea here soon. oh yeah someday that's, that's totally true soon we have a mobile slice um, gundam shirt let's see so that was maybe this year's fave yeah my uh, favorite's brent spiner <laughs> yeah i i didn't quite get that one as much that one was and, and that one won't make sense to listeners either that one was that because one of them was called leonard nimoy right and we just and then and we ran out of steam we, you you just said brent spiner for the next one <laughs> That's exactly what I definitely think. I'm pretty sure it was a you thing because I remember thinking like, wow, that's weird. He's pulling out all this Star Trek stuff like because I'm the Star Trek guy uh-huh. on the show. And then suddenly you're just like, yeah, let's call Prince him Spiner. Star Trek stuff. Well, um, it's perfect. I know. like uh, I like from the beginning the pizza stuff that we yeah, do. like yeah. just like classic pep. Classic pep. Like classic that's, pep was good. Yeah, that's that's just funny. That's right. just like a good, good uh, version of the bit. Uh, anyways. Yeah. So very excited about that. Uh, please. Uh, get find some hype yeah. for it. Yeah, get dig around, hype. dig, dig around. Closet. If you got any hype left, you yeah, know, I know see that. we just did a big uh, tournament, but for us, we were just trying to get through that tournament so we could do this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like this is what we really wanted to do. Is now we got thirty six, just like cutthroat, nasty players uh-huh. with uh, stats. You know <laughs> that are going to play each other for you know. Just bragging rights, yeah, really. Just, There's just nothing to, just to, to it. Just to say they did it. Yeah, just to say they did it. Um, and just to celebrate all these wonderful people that the tournament has connected us to. Yeah. That's the beautiful part of it. That's the part that makes me cry. Yeah, it's very good. It's mm-hmm. very good and, very, and it, makes, it makes me very happy. I'm happy. Um, okay, we have a, a very... Oh, we have a regular episode. We have a regular I'm nervous about this one. Here's the Why? thing. Last time we did... Agendas, agendas yeah. as an episode very early in the podcast it was our first two-part episode it's the first time we we hit a point in it and we went this is too this is getting too long yeah yeah we got we cut did, this off we did too much and yeah. then we did the action cards episode and that was a three-parter three-parter that was yeah, a doozy yeah, 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 so yeah. my big goal today is i, I want to get this in i want to get this in one we're getting it in one now yeah. the big thing here is uh there have been two previous agendas episodes. Yeah. I wouldn't worry about the first agendas episode. Why? It's very, Why very, very old. Because it's 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 like just not. There's probably crap in it. Yeah, there's probably saying? crap in it. There's probably also, crap. There was a big focus on that episode. We had Alex, our friend Alex, on that episode. Yeah. And a big part of that episode was like coming up with a homebrew for 
uh, phases of agenda. Like there could be early game agendas oh, and funny. mid game and late game agendas. So we we wasted a bunch of time on that. Yeah. Meanwhile, they were just trying to get the sweet, sweet the the juice. Right. You know. Well, I'll yeah. just, I'll say it. It was episode thirty three. If you want to listen to that one, right. But there's another agenda. But we at least read every agenda in that one. Yes. Right? Yeah, yeah. We yeah. read every single agenda. So if you for some reason want to hear like a quick analysis, now it's pre POK. So yeah, some yeah. of the analysis won't count. Well, but we're we're not going to recover every exactly. single. Exactly. We're not recovering today. every single base game agenda. We will talk about every single uh pok agenda there's yeah, only for 13 sure. new ones right so right. It's, that's pretty easy uh the other episode i want to call attention to is episode 107 which was agenda phase strategy and that's where we talked a lot about why we do things in like a really specific order like mm-hmm. we announce wins and then we announce afters and there's a lot of stuff in there that we are going to kind of build off of the assumption of that episode and add to it in how pok has changed some agenda phase strategies but there's some things that we're baking in so if you don't have any of that knowledge already you might want to go listen to episode 107 agenda phase strategy first yeah 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 if you're if you're a beginner the i would listen to both because at least in 33 you'll you'll hear us talk about each each agenda the analysis is really old and maybe it's not good right but at least you'll get an overview of all of them you know with your buds i think i said the first agendas episode was a two-parter it wasn't a two-parter it was just like a three-hour long episode oh wow so we didn't do a two-parter we We just killed ourselves yeah okay cool cool (laughs) so anyways let's get into today's agenda episode pok the big changes for agendas and uh the thing i want to call attention to first the the biggest thing that has changed the agenda phase these days is the fact that there are two agenda phase secret objectives and that makes the content every agenda phase it used to just be like well we're going to kind of change some rules of the game and but now it's like we're going to change some rules of the game and also points are always on the table like someone could be scoring or even winning in this agenda phase. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, one of them is less scary. It is to be elected as an agenda. You to, think that's to, less to scary? I feel like I think about that one more. Well, it, it it I think it comes up less often. We talk about dictate policy, have three laws in play significantly more often, like over the course of the game, I feel sure, like. Sure, sure. Every game, someone might be able to score dictate policy, but uh, what's the elect player one called? Drive the debate. Drive the debate. Okay. Yeah, so so yeah, dictate policy probably going to be scored every game. Well, not probably. No, I mean, but if somebody doesn't get it, the, the big thing is you will see what at least, in, especially in my meta, like if I do not have dictate policy, my goal is to not let any laws pass. Period. Which it can no be matter kind of, what, no matter what, I know no it's matter kind of, what, it's silly because I might draw a, that secret later and might want to, yeah. but I, I am generally speaking avoiding laws at all costs. Like even above, like like just. I don't know. What if Ixthian comes out? Well, that's not a law. Oh, you're right. It's a directive. A okay. Well, let's laws talk about, are not that big of a deal. Let's talk and, about laws and directives then. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. there's there's a big thing here then is dictate policy is not worried about any of the directives. There are laws that stay in play, and then there's directives that just sort of happen. Mm-hmm. Um, the big thing with any laws too is you have three different styles of laws that we're going to kind of do everything under today the the umbrellas are for and against laws so 50 50 mm-hmm. you've got elect player laws so however many players you have at the table and then you have what we're calling other it's basically elect a planet or an elect a strategy card elect an agenda or elect a scored secret are the four others elect uh, elect a strategy card though is just for that directive one correct it's a it's a directive the planet ones are both directives mm-hmm. uh the agendas are just directives actually the only one of those that is a law is scored secrets so really the only things we're worried about with laws are elect player laws because elect player laws 
there's no getting rid of it. There's no against. If there's for no against, player, if if that is a someone law, is getting voted on, yeah. and it will be a law in play. Right. A for and against. If you vote for, it's a law in play. If you vote against, nothing happens. Right. And then the same thing with scored secret. If you vote, if it happens and goes through, it is a law in play. Now, of course, right now we're just talking about in relation to the secret objective yes. dictate policy. Right. Um, there are lots of against that do horrible bad things exactly. that you don't want. There's to many reasons happen, to avoid the against. Which is it's kind of an interesting design trick that Dana's done here by putting in that secret objective and making people think about it mm-hmm. in the agenda phase. Uh, and then also so many of the against are like, oh, bad thing happened. Yeah. I don't like it. Right. It m- makes you kind of be like, well, I don't know. Maybe we should just go for I mean, sure. Did somebody. One I don't law. know if somebody grabbed right. it. I don't know if somebody's got the secret objective. Totally. You know. Uh, so then the other thing that we were worried about throughout agenda phases are just the timings of certain abilities. And this is the other way that we reshape. Some agendas are like nothing burger agendas until some cards get played and then it completely changes the context of the agenda. Right. So real quickly, let's burn through just some of the the new abilities that have been added, right? So the timing windows you really have are the start of the agenda phase before a thing is a build. The only thing we've added is Maw of Worlds, the relic. And all that's gonna do is one person is going to optionally take themselves out of the vote. Yeah, they're gonna have no influence for the votes. Right. And then they're gonna get light wave or assault cannon. Something scary, yeah. Yeah. Uh, And this, you know, this happens as early as possible, I think, nowadays. people If Mm -hmm. people draw Maw of Worlds, they're doing it the first agenda they have available to them. Yep, 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 you probably Um, should. Next up, the big timing window is when an agenda is revealed. Base game stuff was political secret, quash, veto, but the the new one we've added doesn't really contribute to like how we feel about the agendas as a whole, but it's diplomatic pressure. We've added four diplomatic pressure cards. Yeah, and it's worth noting that diplomatic pressure is a the mistake I see people make a lot of times with, and I've even made this mistake, because it feels like di- diplomatic pressure is the action card you play on somebody else, and then they have to give you a promissory note right. from their hand. Um if it's not very good, let's yeah. just be frank, no. not very good. Right. Generally, everybody's got a burner mm-hmm. uh, promissory note in their hand, unless you notice that they do not, in right. which case play it on them, yeah. and then it is a good card. So totally. it is one of those cards that sometimes is really good. Um, if you have multiple uh, di- diplomatic pressures in your hand, you cannot play them on the same person right. over and over, right. um, which can, is the part I don't like about it, it. it. It's annoying. If you want to try to steal two cards from one person, you have to do one on the first agenda and then one on the second, and that's the yeah. only way you're getting something. Yes. The big thing that happens is one person pulls the trigger on playing a diplomatic pressure, and, and then, then like other one or two it. more yeah. people do it on the same person because they get to target the same person, right. because they yeah. get the good stuff. Yeah, and we actually failed to mention, but diplomatic pressure is one of those. There's four of them in the deck. It's one of those types yeah, of cards. There's right. multiple versions of it, which is, of course, why we're talking about right. it in this context the much much bigger deal timing though is after an agenda is revealed is when writers pop off that's you take yourself out of the vote but you predict an outcome mm-hmm. uh you know them you love them you've seen them forever we don't have to go into we've added to that the action card sanction mm-hmm. which is i would say way meaner <laughs> than yeah. uh, it, it sanction is awful it costs everybody a, a command token uh basically if they they don't vote vote that specific way right yeah so you you really tell everybody get away from this and then the other two are hack election and insider information insider information is kind of a nothing burger the big thing with that is don't do it generally speaking on the second agenda you need to just pop it on the first agenda so that you can see what the second agenda is so that you know how many votes you might want to spend on the first agenda you know how much you care about the second agenda doing it on the second agenda someone's going to take politics and potentially put the agenda you saw on the, on bottom, the bottom of the deck. So yeah. it might be complete waste of your time to, to look at the second agenda. But also, when, and the, so this is one of those cards where, yes, 
what Matt just described is the optimal way to play it. But also, insider information, not a very important card Doesn't matter. in yeah. general. So if you do it the the silly way, whatever, that even it, there info. is a place where that could pay off. Totally. Okay. I played a Nalu game recently where Nalu basically has insider information as an agent. Right. And there were multiple times in the game where I actually did it on the second one. Mm -hmm. I don't remember. I can't even explain to you the reason, but like there was a rationale to doing it on the second one. Right. Uh, right. So. Well, let's talk about hack election. Yeah. So hack election reverses the normal speaker order. Yeah. Uh, it whenever it comes to uh, agendas. So whoever was going to vote right before the speaker now is voting first, and yep. the, the, the you know the you speaker the speaker's order, and like the midpoint are the only people who like don't change. The speaker yep. always play does it last, and what third and fourth pick become fourth and third pick. Yeah. And it's so like, whatever. Well, whatever. Who, who, who cares? There. All you're really doing there is. I see this one just thrown out there because it's just like, and I've done it too, where it's just like, well, whatever, I hack election, let me get it out of my hand. I don't right, care. Right. But you can do it bad. <laughs> you can right. you can put yourself as first voting, and that's a bad that's a bad thing. Yeah, to do. never do that. Right. Never, definitely never do that. You'd you'd always rather just throw it away, I think, right. than than vote first. I don't know. I mean, there could be a weird situation, right. but most of the time. You know, it's if you are going to vote first and you have hack election, may as well reverse it because voting second to last yeah. is much better than voting first. Yes. Uh, most in, you know, a lot of the agendas are written that way, too. So, right. I mean, it's always better to vote later in the order and the speaker always has the best vote since right. they go last. Right. Uh, the next kind of ability that can be used in agendas is voting abilities. Uh, the key thing with all of these is basically they, they require you to have voted you can't mm -hmm. so like bribery is the first example you can add trade goods for votes you have to have voted in the agenda to then add trade goods to your vote total yeah you that's something abstain. people mess up that's yeah. something that people mess up a lot yeah, yeah. and it's you mess it up because you vote and then you wait till the speaker votes and then you play bribery which is just kind of odd it's i mean it's awkward. good for surprises right right like it's like they got creative with the wording of it right. which i can totally respect however that creativity might just be too complicated yeah. for the card right just in right. general uh, the next one is the famous distinguished counselor you add some votes as you vote so you just yeah. spike it whatever Plus five the, yeah. the new thing that we've added is the tech predictive intelligence which is that sort of everybody likes to talk about it like it's actually a better tech than anyone gives it credit for but totally. we also don't see it researched hardly often but you can add three votes uh basically and and if you get it you you know it was free um and then you have genetic recombination as well as a crazy mahawked ability the extra commander modifies votes there's a bunch uh, of things Hakan, that like add, Hakan commander. Hakan can yeah. add trade goods just like bribery uh so they do it when they vote though. exactly so they do it the way we just described how bribery i don't know if that's work. better or not i think it's better because it's the mostly Hakan better commander is one for two exactly so one trade good for two right yeah so that so they can really really slam on this, the extra commander is just they always get to vote, you right? Get, like, they always get to vote, and you get one extra. Like every single planet oh, is basically worth a vote. It's on so top hard of it. to do the math on that one. It's, I don't know why it they really. Did it that way. The, I don't even think the mod accounts for the extra hero. Correctly. That's funny. I don't remember. So genetic recombination. That's one that we have really struggled with as yep. far as like figuring out what. I mean, maybe it'll get an omega at some point because right. I just think it's like not getting used a lot. Right. Um. I know there's a lot of uh, Mahawk people out there. Uh, that have wanted to kind of talk to me about my Mahawk takes. Mahawk is like my new Arborek. Yeah. I like Mahawk right. from afar. You right. know? Well, actually, <laughs> that's like not true because I like to play Arborek. So this is like a whole different thing for me where I like, I like it and I respect it, but it's not my thing. Yes. Genetic recombination is where you tell someone else what they can vote on. Yeah. And I just feel like it's almost always not worth it. Like it just, it, it, yeah. the, the use case for it is so narrow that I feel like it's because everyone always only just gives one exactly. vote to it. It's it's not a you're not forcing them to swing a vote. You're if someone them plays to like a, a sanction, right. you can be like, oh, now you got to vote. Now on you're the gonna sanction, get it. Guess, yeah, you're right? gonna get hit. Like it's that. Dumb. I guess that's something that you could do. Yeah. Um. 
Predictive, yeah, predictive. Uh, predictive is all right. I all hate right. that you have to exhaust it if, if it fails. Wrong. I just yeah. wish it was plus three votes. That's not that bad, right? You know, just give me plus three votes, right? So then the big timing and the I would say the biggest change to uh, POK agendas is we used to just have confusing legal text was the only thing that could happen after an agenda was resolved. We get the outcome, and confusing legal text was this incredibly narrow thing where when uh, you get voted on for an agenda, you can push it onto somebody else. And the thing with elect player agendas is generally, in base game, they were good for you. Now, we added some mean elect player agendas, so confusing legal text got better, but what we always wanted was the card Dane eventually gave us, which is confounding legal text, which is somebody else got elected, right. and I want to make myself the one that got elected. So now... One person could have the secret objective to get voted for an agenda and have the action card to force that to happen. Yeah. So that's a thing that, that just comes up every once in a and while. And confounding does score you drive it, the debate. It does. Yeah, it yeah. does. Yeah. yeah. So that's pretty cool. Um, deadly plot, you always have to remember that you do have to vote on a specific right. outcome. Like you have to have a... Uh, a horse in the race yes uh in order for that to actually work right uh deadly which, plot is the one where if if it basically if it didn't go your way you cancel it you throw the whole yeah. thing out and sometimes you see deadly plot too I, i've done this where you at the start of the agenda if it's a really nasty one like the, the best example is economic equality the for and the against can generally both be terrible on economic mm -hmm, equality mm -hmm. if that's the case i will come out and i'll be like hey y'all i have deadly plot Right. Money to play it. Yes, <laughs> like, tell yes. me which way to vote. We yeah. can make this go away. You pay me and I'll make it go away for you. I've all. done that with Deadly Plot as well. It's it, it is like uh, it, it is like veto in that way where you can kind of get people on board, especially if the best part about Deadly Plot is because it's happening as the last thing. Yeah. You can have, you know, maybe somebody wastes an Imperial Rider. Like, right. you can have all these riders come out and then be like, hey, if we need out of this, yeah. I got right. a deadly plot Yeah, right sometimes here. an agenda, like we said earlier, sometimes an agenda is a nothing burger and then becomes this horrible thing because there's two there's two riders against and there's an Imperial and a politics rider right. for it. And it's yeah, just like it this, can get out of hand. It exploded, like you're saying. The, yeah, best, <laughs> uh, the best thing is whenever we get a rider city situation yes. and the deadly plot comes out. Yeah. That person that does that is a hero. And I don't even care if I've played the right. Imperial Rider. Yeah. I hate rider city. Let's explain Rider what Rider City, City, City is. Rider City is there are three instances in the game where uh, you can be the thing that you are supposed to elect. It is possible for there to be only one Only of one them. option. Yeah. And we'll, we'll discuss them more later, but basically it's there are two elect laws, judicial mm -hmm. abolishment and miscount disclosed. Sometimes you only have one law in play right. and you do the agenda. And there's one option, right? Which means everybody just plays writers. Everybody on that gets their writers for free. Yeah. And the other one, and it's you see this much, much less often, but classified documents leaks is elect a secret, scored secret objective. And there could only be one. Sometimes there's maybe only one scored secret objective. I mean, that's, if it comes out round two and right. only one person has scored a secret, then I mean, that's it. not that weird, right? Right. You know. So, so yeah, the, I, the I, laws I, are the much more common thing. That's actually like not a weird thing to see at all. <laughs> I would kill for. I mean, it's not Dane style. Yeah. Dane style is that let the chaos let reign. The, let chaos reign. Yeah. Like let let as long as things are happening, that's good. Right. You know, and if it's wild things happening, that's even better. Totally. Um, but for me, if there was just a little clause that said <laughs> no Rider City, Rider City's closed forever. Yeah. I would love it because even when I have benefited from Rider City, it, feels it makes me feel so just disgusting. <laughs> it's I am just disgusted yeah. by it. And I'm not saying I won't do it. Of course I will do oh, it. I absolutely. mean, I'm a dirty boy. Yeah. Deep yeah. down, I'll do anything to win this game. You know what I mean? <laughs> but also, it's not that big of a deal. Uh, <laughs> 
but yeah, so Rider City, I will participate, but uh, but I don't it love feels it. Feels gross. Yeah. So let's take a quick little break, and when we get back. Let's dig into all of these new agendas. Let's talk about how they feel. We'll we'll touch on some old ones too if they uh, if it feels like they have drastically changed due to what Prophecy of Kings has added. But let's do a quick little break. Yeah. Okay, we're back, and this is the part of the show where Hunter and I get lost in the weeds. You, you Right now, you know more about how this went for Hunter and I than Hunter and I do, because Hunter and I are about to read a bunch of agendas, and you know whether or not this episode is two hours long, or if we manage to do this in, like, 30 minutes or something. I don't care about length, babe. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. It's, let's go and get, let's get it done. That's the only thing that's important. It needs to be conclusive. I don't care if we're here till tomorrow. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I am, I am here working for the people, you know, <laughs> and what the people need is for me to read every single agenda. Absolutely. No, exactly. Every little nook and cranny. Are we reading every single base game agenda? No, or, okay, no, great. no, 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 no. Great. We've already did that. Yeah. We told them exactly. about the episode where we did that. So yes. they can go they listen, can go to, listen that. to that. So we are going to read all of the new ones and we will say the names of the base game and ones. i'm gonna I'll, I'll let you know my opinion of them like i'm gonna rate them sure. as we go sure that's a little fun sure. game i'm that's gonna play fun. I, yeah. I love that game yeah let's play a game yep. you want to play a game <laughs> uh okay so again our categories here are uh for and against agendas so there's mm-hmm. an either or 50 50 uh these are good for writers right you got a 50 50 shot of your writer working yeah you've got elect player agendas not good for writers yeah because you got a one in six chance not good and then you've got the other category and i it's a it's a random number other. sometimes it's just stuff. 10 secret objectives sometimes it's one law yeah play. don't worry about it so don't worry about it so for the new ones here's what we got we've got checks and balances right off the top we're talking about the worst agenda uh ever. Hate this agenda this is like <laughs> this is like a goofy homebrew agenda that somehow made it into the yeah. game like well, I, it was in ti3 too and it was just as bad then yeah yeah uh, so this is a law it's for and against and for when a player chooses a strategy card during the strategy phase they give that strategy card to another player who does not have one or a player who does not have two in a three or four player game if able against each player readies only three of their planets at the end of this agenda phase so the four is the worst thing that can happen. Four is in this awful. Game. It, it, it slows the whole game down. It's actually like not even an interesting Against, way to though, play. Against, though, can be really bad if it's in the late game. Yes. It a- could completely ruin it. And you. if checks and balances is the second agenda, it can be even worse because some people already spent votes. The things about checks and balances is you can get away from it. If you only tap three planets for your vote, if everyone yeah. just pretends totally, their total totally. point totals are lower then you don't have to worry about checks and balances. Everyone oh, just votes right, three planets, right, and then right. you refresh three, and you're fine. But if it's the second agenda, some people may have already spent a bunch of votes, or somebody who did Maw of Worlds at the start of this agenda phase has no. all their stuff tapped. Yep. They are doomed. Like, you're screwed now. Uh, so the, the against can be very annoying, but generally, most of the table can kind of get around it, which you means can game you it. don't see this one go for very often especially not in a tournament setting in a fun goofy setting i'll let checks and balances go through it's kind of wacky but like if we're all just chilling and having fun i think it's a really fun agenda oh i think it's a great agenda for the when when it comes up the first time and you don't realize the implications of it and then when you play with it through it once you really don't 
need to do that ever again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's just, it's one of those things, you know, when, you know, that we've experienced this a lot, Matt, where somebody has like a goofy, wild homebrew idea, but yeah. they haven't really thought it through. Right. You know what <laughs> they I mean? haven't like, thought well, of how bad okay, that's Okay, that hurt. sounds so crazy, but what is it like to play that? Yeah, right. Um, this is that, but somehow it made it into the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I... <laughs> I, there, no one can ever say sorry enough. Yeah, yeah. About this, I one. will note too. In this first, uh, as we're reading through these, you're going to note that we're skipping some. We're going to get to. We have two other categories at the end of this that are specifically victory point agendas, and we're going to have a whole thing talking about sure. what happens when you vote on victory points. Yeah. And the second is what we're calling uh, cataclysmic event agendas. Uh, so there's some we're skipping because it's like, hey, these actually matter, and we have to really talk about them specifically. Honestly, I would call this a cataclysmic event. Really? Agenda. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If it goes four is like is the- cataclysmic, <laughs> like just yeah, that's ri- true for the fun part of the game. Yeah. It's kind of ruined right now. Right? Yeah. The big thing with checks and balances, uh, for the most part, especially in a competitive environment, say goodbye to ever seeing Imperial ever again. Mm-hmm. Who's gonna give somebody else Imperial? I mean, I don't know. you have to get paid for it, or like you got to get exactly what Here, you need to. Okay. People will make the deal. I'm not saying it's impossible, but mm. I think it's kind of crazy that anyone ever gets Imperial once checks and balances is on the table. I think that my least favorite part of the game is the part where someone really wants to talk someone else into something, yeah, but they have no leverage, right? Beyond just talking a lot, yeah. Uh, I don't like that, and right. checks and balances is, is just that, right? There is no reason for someone to give someone else imperial, right? So you have to just make one up, right. And hope it tricks them, yes. You exactly. Know? You're hoping to trick somebody. That's yeah. exactly right, and that, that's what makes it so annoying. And it takes so long. Oh my god! <laughs> and it feels like, and it also like I and when it's this agenda, every agenda phase. it's every agenda phase <laughs> or every strategy, it, strategy phase, strategy phase, which could be a lot of of strategy phases depending on when this comes up in the game. And the thing is, I think that that type of talking that I just described is the point of this agenda. I actually yeah. feel like right. when people are doing that, they are playing this correctly. Yeah. So when I say I don't like that style of play, it's not in an elitist gatekeeping no. way. It's a, I'm just I, saying doesn't Hunter work doesn't prefer <laughs> that. In the yeah. Coke Pepsi challenge, <laughs> Daddy doesn't pick that type yeah. of uh, negotiation. Yeah. But like when I see it in a tournament, I understand it. Right. They are playing the agenda correctly. Yeah. I just don't like and it. And when, like when I watch Big Al Cappuccino nail it, I'm excited as a commentator. When Big Al Cappuccino, Big Al is, Cappuccino talking, is in my game, yeah. oh, it's oh, it's killing me that he's getting away with the stuff he's getting away with. Oh. But as the spectator... If I wasn't giving him all this stuff he's asking for, <laughs> but it's so... He's just, it's so, just convincing. so easy to do. Yeah, people... Yeah, the good talkers, man. The good talkers. Uh, next up, we've got Clandestine Operations. This one's a directive, so no threat of... Uh, Secret objectives. Four, each player removes two command tokens from their command sheet and returns those to the reinforcements. Or against, each player removes one command token from their fleet pool and returns this to their reinforcements. Yeah, kind of hurts no matter which way you cut it. For some reason, so this one's a directive as well. That Checks and balances is a law. Um, in yeah. my opinion, every law, the there's a tiny little point against going for Four. because we're going to help with the secret objective. Right. Uh, clandestine operations, obviously not a law, so it doesn't matter with that. Yep. However, uh, I, maybe I'm crazy, call me crazy, call me crazy, but I actually prefer the four most of the time. Wow. Well, and that's weird. I, I would rather lose two command tokens and I can choose where they come sure. from then lose one and it's gotta be from the fleet pool. The only time I ever want the fleet pool one is if for some reason I have a lot of fleet pool. Right, yeah. my my problem generally is um, 
I don't tend to pull from fleet pool a lot. A lot of players will do that. They'll go down to like two or even one yep. if they're, you know, crazy situation. Needs to do that. I don't do that too often um, if I can help it, which generally means too, like with the fleet pool thing, I'm usually not at like, I'm not usually at my fleet capacity with like three dreads. It's like a dread, a carrier and a destroyer. And, and sure. I can look at this generally and be like, well, I lose a command token and I lose a destroyer. And that's, that's okay. I can probably survive with that. The big flip side of it too is, I almost I feel like every single strategy phase I'm going into it with one token in tactics and one token in strategy. That's like, interesting. I feel like I tend to spend most of my tokens every single round doing stuff, getting into positions, whatever it is. Not every time, and especially the later you get in the game, you get a better economy going. But like I mean, especially round two or something, you know, you're not going into it with very many command tokens. So to me the four can be very debilitating because it's like, well, I don't even have actions anymore. <laughs> like, I have nothing. Yeah. I won't be able to do strategy. Or I won't be able to do secondaries and I won't be able to take an action. Like, I'm going to do my strategy card and pass if we do four. Wow. So. That's just like, it, we're just so different. In the, <laughs> like, in the, when we're describing how the game goes for us normally, because I would say that, well, I would say that if I'm in a situation like that where I only have one in tactic, one in strategy, uh, then it's a rough one, yeah. and that 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 I would not describe that as like. Nor I'm always hoping to save a token into the future, yeah. and oftentimes what ends up happening is I take out a fleet uh, instead of um, leaving it in fleet, and then just being like, all right, that's how many actions I have. I actually right. consider it like I've taken one out of the bank, and right. then I have to pay myself back right. later. Right. I'd rather do that for sure than because the other thing too is that. If you don't do that, you leave yourself open to being stalled out. Totally. You know, like if somebody gets cute with uh, with leadership, For which sure. is definitely something that still happens in the game, even though there are a lot of yeah. uh, ways to stall with like Sling Ray and all the different right. actions that they've added to the game. Totally. Yeah, but this one, generally speaking, it's not like it freaks me out either way. No. Usually. It's, it is not the scariest of agendas. Um, I mean, it's it can suck. Yes. It can be really bad sometimes. Right, but. right. Uh, next up, we have Nexus Sovereignty. Uh, this is a law, so the four gets a little bit of a knock here, and the four is alpha and beta wormholes in the wormhole nexus have no effect during movement. So if the wormhole nexus gets opened, it continues to only be connected via the gamma. Right. Or, against, place a gamma wormhole token in the Mechatol Rex system. The against is the coolest thing that can happen. It's the coolest thing that can happen. Of these happen. two options. Oh, sure. Like yeah, that, yeah, that is yeah. so much cooler. The four is like, oh, we have to shut like ghosts. Actually, you can't even shut no, ghosts you, down. So this doesn't, doesn't shut ghosts down. I, I just don't know why people would go four here. And like, unless you are the person on Mechatol with a ton of votes and you're blocking this because you don't need people to be able to have access to you. Like that's the way this one gets shut down. Right, right. Yeah. And again, this so this one is a law. So this one, you do have to think about three laws in play. Yeah. Um, Four alpha and beta wormholes in the wormhole nexus have no effect during movement. I mean, that's just like... It's only one system, so it's not even the biggest deal in the world, but like, yeah. I sometimes you need that, right? Like, if you're if if you're making moves with light wave deflector, I just had a game the other day where I was using light wave deflector all the time, and the wormhole nexus becomes like a highway yeah. for every single potential just a movement. connection. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I, I do like the against uh, more than the four, for sure. Uh, definitely in the abstract. However, I can imagine situations where I really just want the four, and I feel like I've seen it go four more than like I've I, seen it I go. I feel against. like I have too, and I just I think I'm always upset about it because I want yeah. that gamma above Mechatol. Well, and you know the gamma is really weird because the gamma uh, is not in the ex exploration deck enough to ensure that right. it comes out. Totally. So that's like the weirdest thing about the gamma to yeah. me. So 
like I, which is kind of even a point for another point for the against is just like, well, we just need a gamma out right. there. Yeah, you this know? might be the way you get to the wormhole nexus. This right. game, like right. this, might be your opportunity to get in there. Uh, so, and and we've we saw many games in the tournament that never uncovered the wormhole nexus. Yeah, that that's true. Happens. That's true. It's pretty. It's pretty frequent actually. Yeah. It's kind of uh, surprising. So rearmament agreement is our next one. Directive. So not a no threat here. Four. Each player places one mech from their reinforcements on a planet they control in their home system or against each player replaces each of their mechs with one infantry from their reinforcements. Yeah, so this one, uh, I feel like it's funny because in the early game... Uh, the against doesn't do enough. Right. It might only hurt one player. Right. And so everybody just goes four. But then I feel like in the late game, it hurts too many players. Right. So people just want to go four. I just feel like the four always has it. I, I, I'll say this, though, because I agree with that. But when this one is maybe going to go against, it's 100% going to go against. The situations I'm talking about is like Necro has a pretty good shot and they got mechs in their home system. Yeah, and it's like, well, let's kill all those mechs and turn them into infantry. That, but here's the Empyrean, problem: no, when, no, when no, Empyrean no. and them are in good positions, it's like all the other players at the table go, "Let's shut that down and, and kill the mechs." I disagree with both of your examples for different reasons. So with Necro, the fact that you have to kill all of the mechs means that to me, their advantage basically stays the same. Uh, I don't think that that their home system defensive advantage mm-hmm. is so much of a like. It's so solidly locked down yeah. that if I have it to kill my matter. own mechs, so the thing is, that, like, I got to keep my mechs because if Necro is about to lock this down, okay, well, Necro is pretty invulnerable of the home system, but they're not invulnerable everywhere else. Yeah, right. So does that mean that, like, maybe we can swing this another way? That's the problem that I have with it, is that each player has to do it. And the other thing with the Empyrean thing, the problem is I don't know what Empyrean is going to, to need to sabotage. Sure at this point. So if even Empyrean is the leader in the agenda phase, I'm like, man, we could really regret this because Empyrean has those sabos on, uh, you know, th- if if we take away Empyrean's mechs, then Empyrean's just going to, first of all, rebuild them all at the home yeah, system. And right. they're, they're going to have no potential to sabo anyone except for someone coming into the right. home system, right. which is actually kind of the worst situation. Right. So I feel like the against, there's just not there's not much of a reason for everyone to hurt themselves that way unless for some reason only one player or two players have gotten their mechs out and yeah. it only hurts those two players but that almost never happens totally yeah yeah i i think that's all fair arguments i think um obviously this one very much depends on what factions are the table and where their mechs are hanging out because uh sometimes mechs can be like a crazy conversation and i've seen games where there's like not that many mechs on the table at all right so who knows uh the last one here is not a new agenda but it is a a rotted agenda representative government got changed so it's worth noting the new way that representative government works it is a law so that's one thing is a problem it is a problem to put representative government in play in terms of putting in terms of secrets yeah uh and then the four is players cannot exhaust planets to cast votes during the agenda phase each player may cast one vote on each agenda instead players cannot cast additional votes and that is the addition to this agenda because what used to happen and the big the big thing is dane added all of we talked about them earlier all the new things that add votes predictive Predictive, yeah argent flight we didn't talk about but argent flight gets a bunch of bonus votes right there's all these ways to get bonus votes and representative government was the thing where everybody gets one vote mm-hmm. but everybody could use bonus votes so anybody who had access to bonus votes if you had distinguished counselor a free yeah, right. agenda it was insane uh and so those all got removed so now representative government is firmly one vote and 
all other things don't matter. It's horrible for Argent because they still have to yes. vote first, right. but they don't, just don't get any they get bonus, no bonus votes. votes. Yeah, and then yeah, it's yeah, it's rough. If I mean, if someone got predictive, now that's been fully right. you know capped that right. that aspect of it. So yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's it's weird that it's like you know, let's say you have distinguished counselor, and then this comes out, and then like oh, so now this action card does nothing right it yeah. just doesn't do anything i, I feel like there's like no argument the, the against is at the start of the next strategy phase each player that voted against exhausts all their cultural planets the big problem with this one is sometimes there's people with no cultural planets yep so they can put all their votes against and not have any threat and with any agenda if you all don't vote you all abstain and then the speaker breaks the tie against nobody suffers the against anyways right so this is one of those ones that i feel like nowadays you never see it go for in pok and you'd, or in base game you'd see it go for and it was kind of a fun agenda i liked it yeah but, but now yeah now it's like no nobody cares about the uh the the against, going the and there's no so there's to and it's it. It, to make the fact that it's a law in play is just too much of a threat especially considering it being a law in play and messing up the threshold of like someone swinging a vote in a specific way i feel like makes future laws easier to make happen too in a way like it's mm -hmm. easier for a couple people to just make a coalition to get something to go for maybe that's wrong i don't know i guess i guess having a bunch of votes means you get a lockdown on more agendas but i, I don't know if it feeds into more laws coming into play or not the only way i see four going in the abstract and this is actually a situation that i feel like is i mean this would come up every once in a while is if the influence is just really wildly distributed in such a way to where it's like or like if there's extra yeah you know you're you're just looking at it like oh my god well these two players are just going to dominate right. every single agenda right. phase anyway so you may as Let's well take the down. power back a totally. little bit yeah. that's me being generous and trying to make an argument <laughs> for what i would say is arguably my favorite agenda because in the same way that i hate checks and balances because it starts a lot of really bad conversations i feel like this uh, starts good conversation well yeah it like it just kind of makes everything simple yeah. like it's like everybody's totally. got the one vote right. so like you can still have conversations but there's there's less like everything just feels so much more just open and yeah. and, and relaxed totally. i feel like totally uh so then the rest we've got our base game agendas uh we again we're gonna try to burn through these and not really talk about them unless we have a like a specific note uh the base game for and against are uh, we'll call attention to like the laws is the big thing. Anti-intellectual revolution is a law that makes you kill a ship every time you research tech. Uh, arms reduction is when you destroy some of your ships, all but two dreadnoughts and all but four cruisers. The reason I don't consider this one like a cataclysmic event is most people don't have like don't have a ton of cruisers and, and dreadnoughts and so this usually isn't like the most threatening thing in the world Someone i don't like, know all but two though if it comes up late game that could be three dreadnoughts right yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, it could be a lot for somebody who went for that thing it, it can be a bad one but uh that one's also a directive you've got conventions of war uh that's the one where you can't use bombardment on cultural planets i feel like that one generally people are pretty chill with yeah especially because the against uh anyone who voted against discards all their action cards yeah but there's that's always, another one where you, everyone can abstain everyone like, can yeah. abstain but there's always one person who's like well i don't care about cultural planets and if they put one vote for and they ruin it that's the whole thing yeah it's that's ruined. true true so the four isn't scary and the against is which means it's easy to make it go for but it is a law so you're putting that on the table uh we also have executive sanctions which is a law and this is the i never know how to feel about this one each player can have a maximum of three action cards in their hand each play or against each player discards one action card from their hand how do you feel about action cards and executive sanctions in pok that's mm. where i haven't really settled myself yet yeah, so uh, in POK, action cards have been de-emphasized for a number of players mm -hmm. for a number of reasons. 
So I feel like the four doesn't sound as bad as it used to. Mm-hmm. Um, however, you also generally there's negative 1.24 always yep. for a law right. um, against each player discards one random action card in their hand. I don't know. I feel like a lot of the times because the action card deck is so much bigger and it's there's a higher chance that I'm just going to have cards I don't care about in totally. my hand. The against doesn't sound that bad. Yeah. So yeah, I feel like it goes against. And if a Sorrel is in play, the, the four doesn't affect them. Yeah. And it gives them this like horrific advantage because now nobody else can even build up any sort of hand to do anything about. I mean, to be honest with Meiji on Biostims, they sort of already have that advantage of like when I play against Meiji on Biostims, which is the only way anyone plays a Sorrel anymore, uh, which is not a knock. That's just how it goes uh, because it's so good. It's borderline broken. Uh, But (laughs) I basically now just every time I get a new action card, I'm like, hmm, how can I play this uh, right now before it ends up in a Sorrel's hand? So, So yeah, I almost feel like I am always playing like I only have three action totally. cards. Yeah. Uh, fleet re- regulations is a law. Each player cannot have more than four tokens in their fleet pool or against each player places one command token from the reinforcements in their fleet pool. This one is always an either or. It, yeah. th- it's always completely conditional on the game. I'm I'm, I'm very rarely worried I mean, about every it. Every once in a while, there's like a SAR with a big fleet pool right. where and it's like, oh, it's really going to hurt them. Totally. Or like, I don't know who else gets a really big fleet pool sometimes. Like, There's always the argument of does this help or hurt Barony? Does it make it better oh, it for Barony to always have two more than us like we can't no yeah, one can yeah, ever yeah. compensate for it no, i think that's they're the only I ones think, that can have a big right. fleet in that one yeah so you don't go for i feel like if barony's around who else just has to get a big fleet pool though i guess titan sometimes has to yeah. get a really big fleet sometimes pool because saturn flight Two is if you're putting a yeah. lot of destroyers in space yeah but it's not yeah i feel like the the four is almost never going to hurt that bad anyone no, in particular exactly but the against is also just really nice so i, I would like always rather take the against yeah. yeah i don't ever think it's hurting anybody enough and it, again, and again unless, law, it's, so. unless it's a sar ball that we're like literally crushing sar like that's yeah. the only situation where i'm cool with it uh next up is homeland defense act which is another law each player can have as many pds on planets as they can that they want or against they destroy a pds it's one PDS. There's structure objectives now, and sometimes that can throw it off, but I would not want this to be a law in play if it's contributing to the secret objective because I, nobody's doing it anyways. You don't you don't stack PDS. Nobody so nobody's does ever that. asking for yeah. this. Yeah, this is... Homeland Defense Act is... is has been destroyed by those structure objectives that require you to have yep. them all. Like nobody puts more than one ob- one exactly. structure on one planet. And ever. even before it was bad because the action card to kill all PDS yeah, on that's the planet, true, that's true. it was never very great, but it, it, it got significantly worse. Yeah. Uh, next up is new constitution, which is a directive. Uh, this one is, it has to do with laws, but luckily this one is not a vote elect a law. So it's not a, a writer city, but when the agenda is revealed, if there's no laws in play, you discard it. But Four, discard all laws from play. At the start of the next strategy phase, each player exhausts each planet in their home system, and the against is no effect. Always the most boring thing in the world when the against is just nothing. There's no there's yep. no contrary thing. Yeah. The four is hard to make happen. This one is so funny because now it has a new place, which is <gasps> we were close to three laws in play, and now we can wipe and the slate can, clean. Yep, yep. Or somebody got Imperial Arbiter. Right. Now we can say bye-bye yeah, to exactly, that, you yeah. know? Um, I feel like there's a lot of situations where the four uh, could be the right move, yeah. but it it seems like it just never really works out that yeah, way. Yeah, people don't want to burn the planets in their home system. Yeah, you get people with that's like their main money, ma- Barony and Necro and L one in the game. It's like no, that's that's a lot of money for me to just throw away. Yeah, like the way <laughs> the way I like to play L one and Barony is that I have no resources. Yeah, uh, and only influence right. in my slice, and then just the home system <laughs> is carrying me exactly. So yeah, it's gonna be a rough round. Depending on when it comes up, though, it might not be right. that big of a deal. Totally. If it's last round yeah 
Uh, next up is regulated conscription. It is another law. When a player produces units, they produce only one fighter or infantry for its cost instead of two. The against is no effect. I see no reason to go for. Can we get an against effect? I know. Like the no effect stuff just kills yeah. me because it's just like this is the, the four is not so bad right. that like it's going to ruin my life. No. You know, right. like it's not a horrible thing. Like I would live with that. And, yeah. But I feel like it, you so rarely see it go four, yeah. uh, or at least when it does, it feels like it's too late to matter. Yeah. You know, because if this comes up around four, then it's like, well, anyway, yeah. I would see. I feel like I have not seen this go four since POK has happened. Yeah. Like, I feel like this one just. The only way it goes four is if somebody puts a rider on the against, yes, right. like Imperial right. Rider against. Or That's something. a condition to all of these. Again, any nothing burger or any weird agenda is always thrown off because someone screws it up with a right and i think that's why they have the no effect against right. is they're hoping that you're going to fill in the, the exactly no you, effect you fill with in riders. the information a lot of the time but i just feel like riders don't get played like that riders just yeah. get played on whatever makes sense because right. you don't know yeah. what is coming next and how many you know how much longer this game even has and right, stuff like right. that so yeah uh, next up is shared research law. This is the one where you can go through nebula or against each player places a command token from the reinforcements in their home system. That against is almost always horrible. Yeah. To place a command token in your home system, you like almost always have stuff there or that is generally where your main space lock is. So if you don't like if you don't have a forward dock, you're not building this round. So this one is the opposite. I see this one go for all the time because nobody cares about the nebula. Yeah. There's one, maybe two on the map. Evera now made it possible for there to be two on the map. It right. really imp improves uh, Evera as a system. Sure. Uh, but that against is so debilitating for most factions that this is the one where it's like, I don't care that I'm putting a law in play. I can't. <laughs> I can't suffer that. That yeah. against is too much. It's also funny because it's like it, it's it almost feels like a law that was written in base game that now would be like a hurtful to Empyrean one. Yes. And it just isn't right. because activating if, if Empyrean is winning this game and they, Oh, I have to activate my home system. Oh, well, who cares? If you when you come, it, if I you activate it, it, it's done. And then the other thing too is like, yeah, everybody has big fleets in their home system. So if, if let's say it's a round four situation, uh -huh. this comes out agenda phase round four, you're going to get to round five. It's going to be the last round of the game. If, if everyone has their fleets in their home system, they're all activated now. Then you're that there is no wind sleigh round. Right. You exactly. Know? You've like, taken, just, you've taken the, the knives off the table. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that against, is just too main yeah. basically for and the four is too whatever uh next up is i feel like the most classic i could go either way which is swords to plowshares which yeah. is the one where you either kill half your infantry <laughs> and get paid for it get a buck back which is doubling your value of your infantry or everyone rises a messiah places one infantry on every planet and it's literally every single time this comes up i'm like well whatever <laughs> They're both fine. And there's like maybe one person who's like, well, I can't afford to lose the infantry right now. So let's do. Yeah, the, I don't uh, like the, the the open planets that it creates right. with the four. But the other thing, too, is that like it can be such a huge injection of money. Yeah. That, yeah, it is literally like I just don't know yeah. if the four is that bad for me. Because if like, I don't know, in a situation where the four comes up, like I had a game couple games back where this came up really early and i was like man i'm gonna have a bunch of open planets but then i was like but i have so much money that i was able to i didn't even replace the infantry on the planets right. i was just like we're gonna gum yeah. like nobody's business right. now because right. i can just like have this huge injection of plastic on round three that then in the late game i just felt very yeah. secure here's my question yeah arborek arborek what about it do they want for or against? I think they don't care either way. See, that's what's so crazy to me. It's a faction that is so, like, you would think this is, like, 
a do or die in one direction or the other and even it still feels like well I, whatever more infantry means more production literally, capacity or more money means i i get those infantry back out lickety split well, the, like it's not okay a okay i'll 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 there's a caveat here if if we are in the late game yeah. well no they have that hero yeah. there's no there's no there's it's they're fine yeah yeah because they're just going to replace the infantry on the critical planets yep. and then on the non-critical planets they were non-critical right. so who cares right, like right. yeah uh our last one is unconventional measures it's another directive for each player that voted for draws two action cards against each player that voted for discards all of their action that's cards. fun it's this a is fun such one. a goofy one yeah, yeah this yeah. one i wish there were more this one is sometimes annoying but i wish there were more like it where it's like hey everything is conditional on where you put your votes and how you use them mm-hmm. um so this is one of those ones where like the first three people just abstain because it's like i don't know what y'all are gonna do you abstain or you vote against right. i like i like to throw like i like to make it cost something right. from the fours totally. you know? especially if this is the second agenda you may as well throw all your votes on against me right. like, yeah do you really want two action cards that bad right what are you gonna get? I want one. I, this is the agenda I want. This inspires me to just want an agenda that's literally just for everyone that voted for gains X amount of trade goods against everyone that voted against gains X amount of trade goods. Like it's Ooh. literally just like everyone picks a side. You both get the exact same benefit, but like maybe not everybody's get, like you start to try to You're just trying tip to the cut scales. Out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just that's want funny. that as an agenda. Yeah, like five trade goods either <laughs> right. way, and it's just like, all right, I'm gonna start going for and be like, I don't well, want him to get money. <laughs> I want me to get money, and you guys can get money. And they're all like making deals based yeah. off of the trade goods that they haven't even received yet. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> okay, let's get into some elect player agendas uh we will again start with prophecy of kings really talk about we talked more about the base game ones than i than i meant to so we have to <laughs> i don't mind yeah, we, I we just got in a quick quick thing on totally. each one uh so elect player uh for our new ones we've got armed forces standardization this is a directive so it's no threat uh the elect well but it is an elect player so somebody's going to get elected uh, someone will get elected yeah. so they're the other uh strategy card all of these are elect players so the other secret objective is always relevant here. yes uh so the elected player places command tokens from their reinforcements so that they have three tokens in their tactic three in their fleet and three uh two in their strategy pool. basically the way you start the game three yeah. three two then return any excess tokens to their reinforcements yeah, this one's funny because uh, I like how it is something that can be a positive yeah. for someone, and then it can be a negative for someone, right. depending on how well their right. game is going. I feel like it always goes in the direction that helps somebody. Mm-hmm. In the or end. it does nothing. Or it's or you pick like somebody that just rearranges their... T- it's like, well, yeah. you had 2-3-3, three, 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 and now you have 3-3-2, three, three, you didn't lose anything, yeah, but yeah. we just move them around right. or whatever. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't feel like this one ever is like a crazy impact. I've never seen this played on someone who just got like 16 tokens on their sheet, and then you nuke them. Like, that Oof. never really comes up. I could totally... No, that could totally happen. If somebody's like in round four, really prepped up for yeah. round five, and then you just like... like this, this is what you pray for against an extra going into the final mm-hmm. round totally but extra's got a lot of votes they may you might not be able to do anything about them right and I then don't know. It, well exactly if you ever find an agenda that hurts extra then they can just v- squash it right yeah squash it squash sorry it. Squash, squash it, it. <laughs> squash it yeah um so yeah i don't know uh it's it's fine i don't know i yeah. i enjoy it's I, fun i enjoy it when i'm able to get it but it's not it's also not the biggest boon in the world totally uh we also added a new minister we'll talk about a bunch of the ministers later but the ministers all coincide with various strategy cards basically some command tokens or you get what like you get trade goods when you mm-hmm. use them they don't all there's there's weird ones but regardless we got a new minister with pok it's the minister of antiquities it's a directive you elect a player and the elected player gains one relic yeah this one's awesome 
No, no, it isn't. <laughs> you don't like drawing, you don't like handing one over to somebody. Draw, no, no, no. I'm, no, it just doesn't you just, matter. Either you just way. hate relics. Drawing, right. No, I don't hate relics. Well, you, you drawing, drawing a relic is rarely mm-hmm. going to. It's something that people work so hard to do, uh-huh. you know. Uh, and then there's only two that I would say are super important. Yeah. The rest are good to just meh. Right. And depending on when they come out, there's like there's like so many little caveats on the yeah. idea of the of the relic deck. Totally. If this is your first agenda, then I'm pretty excited. But then also at the same time, I am not excited because yeah. there's probably more relics in the deck. So if yeah. there's 13 relics in the deck with the codex, um, it, what's great about the early game is like, okay, well now more of the meh ones mm-hmm. will actually make an impact because the earlier you get a lot right. of them, the better that they are, like the scepter or whatever. Right, totally. Um, Maw of Worlds even, I would make an argument that the earlier you get that, the better because now you can spend all of your votes on like the round three agenda phase right. that might not be critical and I'll have light wave for three rounds right. instead of just one. Um, but then at the same time, if there's 13 relics in the in the deck, that means the likelihood that you get one of the two primo ones which would be shard and then uh obsidian being the best one probably uh that's two out of 13 which is not super good odds totally yeah this one is interesting because i think it's it's a really good one for deal making to start up on like someone probably wants to pay a little bit to get a relic like Mm -hmm. nobody's just like nope i'm not paying anything for a relic that's kind of how i feel that's how you feel but i'm saying there's always somebody at the table who's like you know i could use a relic and so i think a a couple people at the table are generally going to start some like wheeling and dealing and and at the very least you should be offering it like you someone should get paid for their votes (laughs) for this one i i don't want it to sound like i just hate relics and that it's really that simple that i'm just like a grumpy guy about relics (laughs) but what i feel like is a lot of players are not considering what the odds are that they are actually going to get a relic that they want totally so if players just considered that before they did the deal making, they might realize like, oh, you know what? Obsidian's already out and there's 11 relics left. Right. So I have a one in 11 shot of getting shard. Yeah. And that's, and then I guess I might get one of the other ones, <laughs> but is that really what I'm planning And then I'll probably on? get Crown of Thalnos. And- <laughs> yeah. And yeah, exactly. So it's just kind of like, I don't know. It just feels always really iffy. And I always feel like I see a lot of players not considering the likelihood of them getting something cool. Totally. Like I, if I give you two trade goods and then which is cheap but right. if i give you two trade goods from minister of antiquities and then i draw a stellar converter i honestly want my Burn two trade money. goods back yeah, like exactly. please don't <laughs> let me which is i've seen some people do that deal i really like that deal of like i'll give you i will pay back. you depending on what i get yeah relic wise right that's really cool but it's of course really non-binding and so yeah. some players are going to going to reject that because they don't play that type of totally. game so uh, next up, we've got Research Grant al- Reallocation. This is a directive. The elected player gains any one technology of their choice. Then, for each prerequisite on that technology, they remove one token from their fleet pool and return it to their reinforcements. That last qualifier is what makes it, like, you. it's so rare. N- nobody's getting Lightwave Deflector off of this agenda because you would have to have so many tokens in your fleet pool to afford the cost of it. Uh, yeah, it's, it's incredibly costly to do anything that isn't just like plasma scoring or yeah, you always just do like a level zero. I think it's like anti mass or dark energy tap is all you're really giving somebody. Yeah. Generally speaking, yeah, those and those, and those are, are good. Those are cool texts to get for free. Right. Those are texts that I don't really like to pay for, but right. if I can get it for free, then whatever. Yeah. You know, so um, another one where it's like, yeah, I'll probably try to pay something for it, and some people are just gonna be like, well, whatever, I don't have the votes to make it happen my way. So this is one though where, to be honest, I would um, with this one and also sometimes Minister of Antiquities, although I guess 
people feel differently about relics than me. Mm. So maybe this isn't, that isn't the best example, but with this one for sure, a lot of times when somebody wants this too bad, I'm like, why do you <laughs> yeah. want this so bad? That's, is there, is this the secret? Is this, like, is that's this the big thing with any of these that are somewhat nothing burgers is like, if someone's like trying really hard, you suddenly care more yourself because it's you're like, like, I can't let you just You get really want to lose a fleet pool right now yeah. for anti-mass? <laughs> is that what you're telling me? Like, that just seems weird. Why yeah. should we, we and, and it's almost like with this one, I always feel, um, which it, with a lot of the elect players now, my feeling is you you look at what secrets everybody has. If somebody doesn't have a secret and it's a nothing burger, I'm always tempted to just give say to like, them. let's just give it to the, because to, nothing bad will happen. Right. Like there's no way that we can prove that, because it's a nothing burger. We might as well not think about it too exactly. much. Let's just give it to that guy. He right. doesn't have a secret objective. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. Uh, and then finally, we have a search warrant. This one is a law. So we're putting a thing on the table, and mm -hmm. boy, is this a doozy. Yeah. The elected player gains this card and draws two secret objectives. The owner of this card plays with their secret objectives revealed. Oh, this one is so hard to know if I want it because it's like secret objectives are like a big, like that's, you, you got to score all your secrets and, and getting two real quick, like drawing them is like a pretty big deal. Uh, not having to get secret objectives off of Imperial and waiting and mm -hmm. like it getting mm -hmm. very, very slow. And then it's like round five and you're hoping for a lucky secret objective draw. Nobody wants that. But I th think it's worse <laughs> for them to be face up, generally speaking. Now, I think search warrant is less of a big deal. Like in maybe something like the semifinals of the tournament where it's like, hey, all the players are pretty good. Yeah. And a lot of time they can kind of guess what you're they're playing against a lot of secret objectives anyways and anything you're doing like it's pretty i would say rare for some for you to do a secret objective that's like a total trick to everybody you know what i mean sure very often yeah, it's like yeah. oh they parked a thing in an in an in a alpha wormhole they're probably going for alphas and betas or like you know they build their flagship and they're a weird faction to be building their flagship well we know what they're doing so a lot of secret objectives are kind of face up halfway anyways and i don't know if it hurts them that much to be actually face up yeah i don't know it's it's very difficult to talk about this in the abstract yeah. because yeah there's a lot of christmas land situations yeah. you can build where it's like yeah the face up part doesn't hurt however sometimes the face up part is really gonna ruin your ability to to score it you yeah. know right um think about like something like fight birth precision yeah easy to score right? right well not necessarily easy but it can be right uh and then all of a sudden everybody's like well we're just all gonna move our fighters right. away and now that one is just completely impossible totally. for you but if you have like let's say you had four tech one color like well no one could take that away right. from you so Nothing's whatever happening it doesn't anyways. even matter right. win a combat and an anomaly would be like the worst possible thing because everyone's just like cool we easily avoid the anomalies mm -hmm. and you're just dead in the water yeah so i don't know it's like it's it's very tempting to say it's not that big of a deal in the abstract, but then you, in my head, I can just build situations where like, well, it is kind of a big deal because you're saying like, no matter what happens, I'm winning this game. If I win this game, it's going to be seen yes. well in advance, right. which exactly. is kind of a wild risk to take. It and is. I almost feel like overall... I would just rather not. Yeah. I just would just rather stay in secrecy most of the time. Can I even if it's an easy scoreable one? Right. Yeah. What's up? Can I homebrew this one a little bit? Yeah. What, go ahead. What I wish Brew it, it up. was. Brew what up. I wish it was is that we revealed the two secrets someone was going to draw. 
Because the hardest thing about this one is you're going to get a bunch of new secrets, but you have no idea what they are. So you have no idea how conditional they are of like, how much does this need to be a secret versus like four, like four uh, techs of a color or two faction tech. Like, again, like you said, those can't be stopped anyway. So who cares if, if we reveal the two secrets mm -hmm. and know what we're going to be adding to our own hand. And then oh. how, then we know how badly we want to fight for oh. getting elected this. I, I see what you're saying. I wish it was a... Sorry, I didn't understand it at first. So you're saying, like, at the beginning of the agenda, before anybody two. votes, you yeah. reveal the two secret objectives. Right. And now everyone is voting to take those two secret objectives into their and hand and their then hand. show their exactly. whole hand. Interesting. I wish it was that, because then at least you have information. Because that that's the hardest thing to me about voting for this one, is it's so unknown what I'm going to draw. Mm -hmm. I know it's an advantage to draw more. And then, you know, like, I can cycle them out later off of future Imperials, probably. But, like, if I just knew exactly what I was going to get, I would know if it's really worth trying to spend money to get votes or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, th that is an interesting way to do it. It's like an auction for just these two secret yeah. objectives. I feel like the likelihood, though, that someone is going to be like, oh, I really want this because... Yeah. I will be combined it, yeah, with the one in my hand. It probably doesn't change anything <laughs> for well, the agenda. I think no. I think it does change something. I think it makes it more desirable. But I don't know if it being like I don't know if the desired outcome of this agenda is that well one person has face up secrets, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, that's not that interesting. Right, I, right. I, the idea of someone having face up secrets, I almost would rather it just be mean, uh -huh. and it's just elect player. Whoever is elected has to show their secret objectives. Oh that's it. They don't draw to that would be nothing. It's just menacing. mean. <laughs> well, I just think like that's more interesting because right. if if the outcome is this wrecks one player, a la uh, what is it called? The one where you have to get uh, discard all your cards. And public, stuff. Execution. public execution. If it's sort of like public execution, I'm like, all right, that's kind of cool. But if it's like, well, it's mostly about the you get to draw two. That's right. pretty cool. Like, I don't know. I, yeah. I would rather it be meaner than it be nicer. Totally. Yeah. Uh, in keeping with that, uh, we go back to our base game elect players. And first up is archived secret. The elect player just draws one secret, keeps it secret. This is, uh, to me, this is better than Minister of Antiquities, essentially. Mm -hmm. It's like, hey, I'm getting oh, a freaking yeah. secret off the top of this. So this one's generally people will uh, pay maybe a pretty penny for votes on this one. Yeah. I mean, if I have a bad secret, I, I want to do this. this. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard to get it though, because it's like, who doesn't want to draw a secret? Right. Basically everybody wants this always. Right. So it's always, I think like who is going to pay the most. And if I can't pay the most, then I probably won't get right. it. You know? What's hilarious about this one and correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm almost positive because you resolve the agenda and then you resolve effects of agendas, right? Mm -hmm. So this one, you can do archive secret. The elected player can draw, drive the debate, and then can they score it or not <laughs> is the question. I believe they uh, I believe they can't because you just yeah, drew it, and now can. the agenda's done, and you don't get it. But it's so funny. The reverse of it, though, if you already had drive the debate, you can get elected this and then immediately get your new agenda. Like, you never went down. You scored yeah. one and kept one, and right. that's, like, disgusting. Like, yeah, that's, that's the power cool. move. That's pretty cool. Yeah, if you drive the debate... Yeah, score, and then you can draw another one. That's pretty cool. <laughs> uh, next up, a committee formation. This one is a law, so another scary one. Uh, elect player. The elected player gains this card. Before players vote on an agenda that requires a player to be elected, the owner of this card may discard this card to choose a player to be elected. Players do not vote on that agenda. So again, the funny thing with this one is you technically will go through wins and afters. Like mm -hmm. you, will, you will play action cards mm -hmm. and abilities, and then you'll do the electing. Or sorry, I'm talking about once someone has this, 
uh, you will go through the ones and the afters, and then committee formation gets to decide what, has, what happens with the agenda. So sometimes getting this can be something you just get paid a lot for later. The big thing, obviously, is like, oh, I want this so that I can um, get, uh, like, Imperial Arbiter. Sure. Right? That's the big yeah, one. Yeah. It's like, hey, it's just mine. That's the best one. But you can also, on any, like, elect player agenda later, you can get paid to give it to somebody that sure. really wants it or whatever. Like, this, That's this is a money maker no matter what. Yeah. What's hard is that you kind of, like, I've never done the math on it. Like, how often is this, besides, I think you just came up with a really good way to sort of make it um, work, mm -hmm. which is that you use it to give people riders. Um, that's great. I think the problem with this one is that I feel like people maybe overvalue it a little bit because I always feel like it kind of like becomes a, a sell. Yeah. Like a, a thing where it's like, oh, so we're putting money in on the front end. Right. So now I have to like make money right. off of it right. how much did you make my if purges? you bought this <laughs> but then like also i've seen games where someone got imperial arbor exactly like, I, I i think what i what i haven't done what what prep has not been done for this and maybe this would be great errata if anybody is bored uh -huh. can someone do the math on whether committee formation what is the likelihood that com committee formation is going to pay off for you mm. as in and and i would say paying off would be you get elected committee formation and then a an elect player comes out that is of some value, value right. really. Because yeah. a lot of the elect players are kind of I kind mean of weird. There's diplomacy, that one's cool. The, or sorry, not diplomacy, there's peace. The, there's war. The big thing is the idea that POK introduced more mean elect players. In base yeah. game, it's like, hey, there's like one bad elect player and the rest are all good. Yeah. And so if anything, committee formation kind of got hurt because there's more right. elect players that are bad now and you're right. not gonna now you you it's not it's not make it uh yourself right it's you can choose you a player. choose yeah, who yeah. it is it's so not, so same thing with public you. execution you get to just be like well <laughs> it's right, me but, i okay. picked you to be the bad the, so, the dead one so then then in that way though there's also a problem of like why do i want to be the person to Put choose the to do a nasty thing to someone right. like if a nasty thing was going to happen right then why does it have to be me that does it? Can totally. it basically be anybody? Unless, of course, I'm the per nasty person that the, the thing is going to happen to. Right. But the problem with that is that's one out of six chance. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, right. like, the, the odds are just so strange. And if, it's before they vote. So you have no idea if they are definitely going. I mean, it's like if you're SAR mm -hmm. and they're trying to whatever, like, maybe there are rare instances where it's like, I 100% know they're going to vote for We need some numbers analysis sure. on committee formation. And, and once it's done, I will abide by it. But right now, <laughs> my gut tells me it's overvalued by people and that they there doesn't need to be a discussion about yeah. it because it's very likely not going to be important right. in most games. Uh, the next chunk is, like we said earlier, the ministers. These are all elect player and you get something. Uh, first up is commerce. You replenish your commodities. Uh, at, or sorry, you get the card and then after you replenish commodities, you gain one trade good for each player that is your neighbor. This is a huge money maker. Yeah, this but is, it can also, depending on when it comes out, you might not get that much It might, it might be nothing because trade doesn't usually get taken in like the last round or even yep. two. Uh, early game, this is like crazy. Uh, but I, I I think two trade goods have gone down in value a bit. So like having a massive stockpile of trade goods doesn't do as much for you anymore. I still like it though, especially compared to some other ministers. This is the better of the two trade good ministers. That's for sure. For sure. Next yeah, up yeah. is exploration. When the owner of this card gains control of the planet, they gain a trade good. You get SARS ability. Which is like, okay, cool, fine. This one always disappoints me that there isn't, you know, to go back, to go way back, <laughs> to go back to episode 33, <laughs> it is such a bummer that 
there are not agendas that are specifically set up to come out round one. Right. Because this, this be is such a cool round one. I mean, it just would break it yeah. for somebody. And on uh, obviously, if SAR got this round Awful. one, disgusting. <laughs> but the thing is, for the most part, this is what? This is worth a couple trade goods. Yeah, because like usually almost. you're like done taking planets. You're done taking planets. Yeah, everybody's filled out their slice. So yep. it's like how much are you going to take other planets from other people? It's probably going to happen, right? right. But like maybe right. once or twice. Uh, the next one is similar like that. Minister of Industry, when the owner of this card places a space stock in a system, uh, you may use that. Pro you, you may use your production abilities in that system. I feel like this one is more likely, actually, compared to what we just talked yeah. about, this one is more likely uh, to actually help somebody out in like a very defined right. way. Right, right. But yeah, most of the I, time, most players are do not care. I feel Aww. like there's always one person who really wants this one because they like mm -hmm. are desperate for it and know they're taking construction next round. And everyone's like, them taking construction around is not a very big threat to me. Yeah. And them getting a free build off of it is not a very big threat to me. So even like a small payment is better than me taking it and it will get me nothing, right? Yeah. Like for a yeah, lot of yeah. people, this one means absolutely nothing. And for one person, it means the world. And I think generally they kind of end up getting it or it's an absolute nothing burger. Nobody cares about it. Right. And it's a, it also, it's there's always the problem now of just like, well, why do you want Minister of Industry yeah. too so much? Right. Because yeah. you, you have the it? secret objective. Yeah. Uh, next up is the Minister of Peace. This is a big one. After, after a player activates a system that contains one of a different player's units, the owner of this card may discard this card immediately and that active player's turn this is i can stop you from attacking me i can stop you from attacking somebody else this is the wind slay card it's a huge superpower and you always see it go to like whoever is currently in last place even if they're actually not really in last place sure all the people at the bottom of the pack go hey pick me pick 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 me you're you're worried about sar so let me stop sar when it matters yeah you give this to the person at 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 the you know in last place and then you insist they use it on behalf of right. the table so that somebody else wins right i it's kind of i don't know minister piece is kind of rough i like it better when it ends up in a player's hand that might win this game off totally of it. i like that better yeah. I, I don't like the give it to last place thing because i think or at least if you give it to last place just respect that player that's what like, I'm respect saying their that, choice and, let and, them do what they want with and it. the player that gets it should not care what anybody says about their yeah. use it's the same as like nova seed it's like no no no. it's my ability you gave it to me i get to do what i want with it yeah yeah uh, next up is minister of policy the elect player gains this card at the end of the status phase the owner of this card draws one action card Action cards have gotten even worse these days. If this comes out round four, it's like not even worth anything. Yeah. It's so that this one is maybe the biggest nothing burger of all the ministers. I, d d <laughs> I wanna I wanna call out though that it is not drawing one in addition. No. It's a separate draw, That's which right. means a sorrel would draw two and pick That's one. Right. Yeah. So yeah, it's very strange. It's it's, it's a it's lot. so dumb. It's the, at the end of the status phase. Yeah. Uh, we've also got Minister of Sciences. When the owner of this card resolves the primary or secondary ability of the technology strategy card, they do not need to spend resources to research technology. That's whack. That's crazy. This one's That's so whack? good. I think this what? one's really good. You think this Free is tech? good? Free tech? No. It would be good if... Well, wait. So the, the, uh, it's... You and spend the strategy token for the secondary, but like, yes. if you pop tech, if you have tech, you get two tech for free. Yeah, sure. I mean, like, but we have to be in a specific case where that's actually going to come up. I guess. And that's I don't the know. thing is, if this doesn't come up at the wrong time, the problem is that tech is the seven. You yeah, know what I mean? Like, sure. it's like what we were talking about earlier with uh, the one with the uh, minister of uh, the one where you get trade goods depending on your neighbor. Right. 
Um, if it comes up too late, it doesn't Minister matter. Minister of Commerce. If, if it comes up too late, it doesn't matter because you don't want to take tech anyways because yeah. we're towards the end of the game. I mean, I so I guess Minister of Science is in the round four agenda phase is bad, but I think any other agenda phase, this is pretty good because round four tech is getting taken. The, here's the problem with all of these, though, is that you you have to deal make to get them. Sure. So there's this like, if if all it's worth is like four resources, even six resources, right. it's not worth the fact that you for. probably had to pay for it means like whatever. And yeah. that's the problem with a lot of these elect player things is the ones that are just not a big enough deal right because the the meta and and again so this is something that obviously is not going to apply to like something where oh we just kind of let people get stuff it's not a big deal yeah but in the in the world that we play twilight imperium in i feel like a lot of these kind of halfway ones are just not worth it yeah because if i gotta give you two trade goods in order to lock the thing down we're like okay well then i made I, I saved myself two resources, right. but I had to give you trade goods, sure. which is like a better well, resource. I than guess I just resources. feel like I feel like people end up making different kinds of deals for these agenda phase things. Like Maybe. I just, I think just buying votes is like the wrong way to go about any agenda phase thing, unless it's like literally a do or die moment where right. like the money makes it you know significantly better for you. But for things that are just an ability, I pretty much almost never just pay for an ability but like there's other little wiggle room deals non-binding things you can do to to get this kind of stuff i think uh yes and i, th I think that's a fair point i just also want to point out that with this one specifically i think it's been hurt by pok the d emphasis on resources sure. in general i mean i just feel like i never yeah. really it's just all it's all about influence at this point right the fact that this is saving me some resources if it saved me the command token That'd i would okay. like it better yeah totally uh, Minister of War, uh, the owner of this card may discard this card after performing an action to remove one of their command tokens from the game board and return it to their reinforcements. Then they may perform one additional action. Yeah. This is do the warfare pop and then do another action. It's pretty great. People misread this one a lot, too, where they're like, they think it's you may discard this card after performing an action to remove one of the command tokens on, from the game board. I just want to be clear, that doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. uh, that The Minister of War would only be useful after Unexpected Action or Warfare. Or I guess there's a few more abilities now that do it. But no, it, it is literally to take two actions, lifting a fleet token in the process. It's, it's an incredibly so, good ability. It's so crazy that they get to do an additional action. Yes, That's right. like, it's like better. It's weird because most of the time the Minister version yeah. is just kind of uh, the Minister version of a strategy card right. is like, yeah, it's like a little bit better than having the primary of that. Minister of War is like on a whole nother yeah. level compared to Warfare. <laughs> yeah. Warfare, you remove a token and then everybody gets to build. Right. Which right. is like the worst. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. this is... This, this is, is definitely nuke someone's home this system. This is like, this is, I remove the token, nobody does nothing, yeah. and then I do another thing. Right. Like, that's so much better than Warfare. Yeah, it's it's nasty. Uh, we've got Prophecy of Ix, the law, the owner of this card applies plus one to the result of their fighter's combat rolls. When the owner of this card uses production, they discard this card unless they produce two or more fighters. Uh, this one's great. I think people kind of talk about this one like it's a nothing burger. And it's like, you shouldn't pay anything for it, really. But, like, I don't ever feel that bad about needing to build two fighters per turn. Or, if you don't care about it, you you just get, like, you don't build the two fighters and you lose the ability. Like, if you're not a fighter faction, people will just give this to some faction that's, like, obviously not going fighters. Mm -hmm. And then it's nothing. It's like, okay, fine, whatever. We, we moved on with our lives. Yeah, I've kind of already made my point. I'm, I'm not going to make my point again. Sure. But this would be another one that I would feel that same way about of just, like, it's tough because I feel like the advantage is not enough yep. in order for me to deal make to make no. it happen. This, and then this, also I would be like, well, 
why do you want this so bad? Right. You know what I mean? Like, it's just... This is know. one of those ones where if you are the speaker or second to last in order, you make it happen. Because the first three people abstain, and then you pay one person, one trade good to vote for you, and then you've got enough to sway the vote or whatever. That, yeah. That's how those more sure, often sure. break down. Is it's like, I, I care so little about it that I'm just abstain. Do your thing. Whatever. Because the people in the top of the order just don't have enough say about any of that stuff anyways, especially with elect player agendas, where it's just like, you might as well let us move on with our day, <laughs> is, is my feeling. Right, except for that that doesn't happen. It doesn't happen, that's and we spend it, forever doing it. Plays it. Out. Uh, let's get into our other category our non-elect player our non for and against there's only two from pok in this uh category uh first up we've got covert legislation this isn't even that this is a whole other thing we yeah. got to take a second to talk about covert legislation this is hilarious when this is like a good funky agenda. this is a good funky agenda when this agenda is revealed the speaker draws the next card in the agenda deck but does not reveal it to the other players instead the speaker reads the eligible outcomes aloud all of the outcomes we've been describing in yeah. this episode. The other players vote for these outcomes as if they were outcomes of this agenda without knowing their effects. What is hilarious about that aspect of it is that um, we haven't talked about it yet, but uh, the, uh, what is it called? Galactic Crisis Pact. We're like literally about to talk it's about a, it yeah. next. Um, so if Galactic Crisis Pact is the thing that they draw, the text there says elect strategy card, right. and it is the only agenda yep. in the game right now that has that text. So I have been in a game where someone got covert legislation, and then they drew Galactic Crisis yeah. Pact, and they said elect strategy card, and we all knew what right. it was. Same thing with funny. the uh, uh, secret objective one. Yeah. Uh, classified documents leaks gets the same thing where it's like, it's the only one. Uh, what's I worth... actually think elect player is the funnest Yeah, the best thing one. that can happen. You because have no it's idea. like, we have to pick someone. And some are bad, and some are good, yeah, and we some... don't know what right. we're doing to them. Because it, you really get in your head because you're like, this could be the the variant. This could be Imperial Arbiter. If this could be Imperial Arbiter, or and and well, I guess in a way, sometimes Imperial Arbiter. Let's say it's like round four agenda mm -hmm. phase, and you're like, okay, okay, okay. This could be like a bad thing, mm -hmm. and it could really hurt them. It could be nothing, or it could give them the next agenda. Yeah, right. Like that that amount of outcome is really fun <laughs> because people just start talking, and it's like, I don't even know what we can talk about. Right. Like I don't even know what to what My, to do about this and also is this the only um aspect of the game where like you the speaker has to keep it secret it says yeah yeah yeah, they yeah. do not reveal it right yeah. so that means if your speaker reveals it yeah they are naughty and they go to naughty right. time jail totally. but also i guess you could play a thing of like well you're allowed to say whatever you you're want. allowed to say whatever you want but you don't show the car totally so yeah. i guess you could be like oh don't worry about it it's yeah. just this this, this would be the one this is one of two instances where i would enforce you can't show the card the other being on politics pop you can't show the agendas that you you look at you can right. really talk about them right um that one i wiggle with that one a sure. little bit because i'm just kind of like i like selling that information and yeah. like i don't know um but yeah this this is my favorite wacky thing i love it when the players make it even wackier by being like okay politics writer on so like i don't even know what we're fighting for but here's a writer baby let's right. go well yeah and then you can fight about the writers yeah. and you can ignore the thing totally. and then you find out that the thing that's especially what happens when it's for and against if you do get yeah. a for and against writers are still good and right. you just don't know what you're doing but writers become kind of like a thing a necessary uh aspect of it yeah uh, next up we have galactic crisis pack which is just a directive and it's mm -hmm. what Hunter was just talking about each player may perform the secondary ability of the elected strategy card without spending a command token command tokens placed by the ability are placed from a player's reinforcements instead. I feel like this one comes up decently often, and so often when it comes up, I feel like we skip steps on talking about like what is actually good here mm -hmm. and what isn't good here. So the first thing is, I would like to go through them real fast. Sure. Leadership is weird, because the thing is, we're going to get some free tokens, but depending on where we're at in the agenda, some people may have already spent 
votes. So there's some folks like if this is right, the second agenda, second. it's it becomes really awkward. But I, my favorite is to do leadership because it's like, hey, we all want tokens, man. <laughs> like, I do think I will burn all my votes on tokens when this comes up. I do think that. Uh, from the perspective of a player in the game, that leadership is like the most dynamite option, yeah. right? So, because I always could use more right. command tokens. I, as an observer, always hate whenever that co- like if it comes up <laughs> right. in a tournament because I'm just like, okay, so next round, no We're matter what, is a stall fest. Is a giant. We're all gonna burn like the these biggest encounters we got. Stall fest. <laughs> ever so at this point i it's almost come even into where i'm like as a player i'll be like can we can we do anything but leadership because yeah. like i just don't want right next round to take two hours Forever. like yeah. i was thinking that's like, the worst part of stall fest is the idea that, like we got all these extra command tokens and we did <laughs> and now we come up them. with stupid we weird made stuff to do. we made our command tokens fight each other it's all that we did <laughs> we just shoved them against each other yeah you're right uh, you're right diplo is pretty t- is awful because all you're doing is refreshing yeah, planets that you're nothing. using in the agenda phase so you're not doing that politics is interesting but generally not what you need yeah. construction is not good because nobody wants to activate their systems right now wait but you don't spend a command token command tokens placed by the ability are placed from a player's so you still activate token. a system you still have to activate so it's yeah. not great uh yeah. trade is kind of nothing everyone can mm-hmm. replenish their commodities mm-hmm. that's basically everybody wants leadership or they want tech or they want Imperial. Yeah. Imperial very often is the one I'm desperate for because I'm just like, I need better options here. Uh, right. I want to do the secondary. I need to get a new secret objective. That would be great. I think tech, every single time I've just said, we can do leadership, we can do tech, we can do Imperial. I don't I care, don't care what. what. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I just so, feel like that's always how I feel. Yeah. Um, the, so this one looks like uh, there are eight options, but it's actually, there's only three options, which makes this actually pretty good for writers. Unless your table is going to be weird and just like, well, let's burn it on diplomacy and completely screw up the whole thing. Yeah. But almost never are they going to do that. So this is like slightly worse than a for and against. I could see uh, if there are construction objectives out and there's right. enough players that need the structure. Right. There's them being usually like, a planet. You okay, can, well, now no one has to take construction. Totally. We can all score it. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a good argument for it. Of like, if everybody's got planets, they don't mind activating for a but Yeah, I can't imagine a diplo scenario what what i feel like always seems like a waste i feel like what always happens to me is i want imperial and then we go tech for some reason and i'm like i get that tech there's like a pace to tech and it would be awesome if we can all get some tech to sort of like get ourselves into a better Mm -hmm. position but to me the idea that we're all getting tech means like none of us improved our position actually i think i yeah i think the the thing about you you have to spend the four resources right yeah, you do have yeah. to spend resources. So, uh, hmm. you get but the, that doesn't matter. Uh, no, it you doesn't matter because you get them back at the end of the agenda phase. That's yeah. true. So you usually have some planets that aren't being... Yeah, yeah. Be careful with that, though, I guess. That would be another note. It's just like, hey, don't tap all your planets to vote for this because then you don't have the resources... Yeah, you have buy. to make sure that you have. It's the same with. Um, also, if you want, you can use tech skips off of that. So yes. save your tech skips, save your resources, totally. be prepared for. Totally. It. Yeah, I I think I've seen it only go one of those three ways, and I think it would be fun to see it go a different way. I just can't imagine why. Besides the construction yeah. argument I just made, I can't really understand right. why you would go any other way. Uh, our base game ones, we've got. Uh, so the funny thing that happened to base game is there were a ton of these elect planet. Mm-hmm. agendas and mm-hmm. they were all annoying and not very good and they're gone and they're all in the exploration deck now yeah so now we only have two elect planet agendas left mm-hmm. the first one is colonial redistribution elect a non-home planet other than mechatol rex destroy each this is basically swords the plowshares uh the no sorry that's, that's not that swords comes later that's yeah, yeah. uh that's compensated, compensated disarmament, disarmament. which we're about to do but colonial distribution is the one where you kill uh all the infantry there and then whoever has the least victory points may place an infantry there 
Yeah. So generally speaking, there's like one or two people in dead last, depending. What's funny to me is that this one always comes up like first agenda phase when there's like three or four people (laughs) that Mm -hmm. are in last place, technically. Mm -hmm. Uh, But regardless, you uh, you you can basically give one planet over to somebody else. It doesn't work on DMZ. It doesn't work on DMZ. Because you have to place the infantry there to gain. You don't gain control of the planet based off the agenda. So that's kind of a bummer. I think that would be like a funny thing. Right. If you could get. This one's hard to do anything important with, basically, I feel like. Yeah, it always kind of just like people are just like, yeah, I guess we'll do this one. I've also seen like many times people just neutralize this one where they pick a planet that belongs to the player in last place. So literally they destroy a unit or maybe they destroy a space dock and then put that. That's like the meanest meanest thing you could do. I think generally it's you take an empty planet already of the person in last place and you neutralize the entire. It's just like nobody wants to get the heat off of this one. Yeah. Um, I do think sometimes you could use this to, to neutralize a player, but the problem is that you can't target Mechatol Rex. I don't even really know. Yeah. I kind of wish I would almost change it to, to be where, allow Mechatol. <laughs> yeah, to allow Mechatol. That would make it incredibly spicy. Oh, for sure. yeah. yeah. And I just think spicy is better, yeah. you know. Uh, next up is the one we were just talking about, Compensated Disarmament, which is destroy each ground forces on the elected planet. For each unit that was destroyed, the player gains a trade good. So it's not ever Swords the Plowshares is everybody on every planet, but it's half of them. This one is kill them all, but get some money. This one is a good thing is the way I always, I mean, it can sometimes depend on the planet, but generally speaking, people like want this to happen to them, but you do it to like the person in last place still. Or you do it to, well, I don't know. I don't know about that because if it's, if my mechs are involved, then I probably am sad yeah. that this I had one, to kill um, them. This one includes Mechatorex and includes home systems. Yeah. It's just select planet. So it's that's just any. Wild. Yeah. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah, but the other thing too is since they get compensated with the trade goods, if you pick a home system, right, they're it's just going to rebuild them. It's not that big of a deal. Exactly. But if you pick Mechatol Rex, right, that's pretty cool. Yeah, you know, definitely. Uh, our other base game ones are our law agendas, and we've sort of already talked about both of them, so we'll make this real f- fast. Judicial abolishment. Uh, you elect a law and then you discard the elected law from play. Mm-hmm. So the problem with this one is you vote. This is the the writer city. Um, so the whole thing is, uh, you know, you're you are. It's a directive, so you are taking one off of your potential count mm-hmm. for uh, total three laws in play. Right. But if there's only one, but if then... there's only one, people are getting like an imperial writer off as a new. So it's it's pretty gross. Uh, and then miscount disclosed is our other one, and it's to elect a law, and the players re-vote on the law. And this one's pretty complicated. We've talked about it in the past, where you vote on this, then you now do the vote on the new law. Mm-hmm. you're not people get people get their heads mixed up on this one and like think they're voting for it and there's also a question of like what happens to the law while you're doing it the best example of this is homeland defense act we talked about earlier you can have a big stack of pds you almost never do actually but you could have a big stack of pds if you miscount disclosed the pds stack gets to stay there until you re-resolve homeland defense Act. right so if homeland defense if, act has to go the other way now in order for you right. to lose it but PDS. if it goes four again you never lose anything right. so generally speaking uh, miscount disclose actually doesn't really do anything mm-hmm. and is a writer city so i if, hate it if, <laughs> so if it isn't writer city there's almost always a nothing burger yeah. law we could renegotiate or it's going to be a big one right in which case then it's all that deal making that you made the first right. time is for <laughs> you not. Have to do it, yeah exactly now we have to do more deal making yeah the worst case is when this is the second agenda you just did the law and then you are gonna do it again i've seen that i've seen imperial arbiter uh, i forgot what game it was oh, i wonder man. if anybody in it remembers it someone but it was paid like someone paid out the wazoo oh for imperial arbiter and then this came out 
like right away. Oh and God. then, and it wasn't Rider City. We like had two to choose from, sure. and we chose that one. Oof. And then somebody else got it because they. So it was just like, oh my That's God, tragic. Yeah. It's it's rough, man. Yeah. Okay, so now we have our two other big categories to burn through. Uh, victory point agendas. This is a whole separate category to talk about because this is, we are giving people points. Now, victory point agendas used to be even more complicated. And what's great about POK is they simplified them because Crown of Amphidia and Shard of the Throne and stuff used to have it's this gone. whole messy gone. veto business. All of that is gone. It's great. Yeah. Everything that grants victory points now, uh, you get you, you have that victory point basically for mm -hmm. for life or whatever, mm -hmm. um, and the card will stipulate if you lose the victory point basically. Right. Um, so first up is classified documents leaks, which we're calling a victory point agenda because it turns a secret objective into a, a public. public objective. Yeah. And and what people have to be clear of is that becomes a public objective. So the person whose secret objective it is can score a different set of three secret objectives. Right. It's a public that they scored whatever. It's public for everybody. It's public for everybody. This one's always funny because you have the weird conversation about like, okay, who are we giving access of points to? But who are we, like, everybody gets access to a new point, right? Some right. people can score that secret objective as a public, but the person who scored it gets access to new secrets. However, it is worse for them because they still have to draw those secrets. They have to get them. Yeah, I would say in POK, I generally feel like the way the points shake out I almost never need there to be another yeah. stage one public objective. Right, I can't. So, I'm, getting, I'm scoring a public objective every single round, no matter what. They're all yeah. easy enough that this isn't changing. So the the worst thing you can do is put an action phase out there. Yeah, totally. Well, yeah, there's there is that. That's a whole. That's a wild thing to do. Uh, that I maybe would take back my point if if that was the thing. Yeah. Um. But I I feel like overall it feels like it's more significant because it's allowing someone to get another secret objective right you know what i mean right. to the fact that now they their point thing has shifted and now they can get you know let's say they've only scored one secret objective and now that becomes a public one well, it's like well i got three more secrets what if they're all action phase right and now all of a sudden my swing potential has gone kind right. of out the wazoo right now you, you you are right though if they pick an action phase to make it into we're going a public, crazy <laughs> which is just like the wildest goofiest yeah. thing I feel that's like that's do. when you're trying to sow chaos because somebody else has it like pretty locked up and you're trying mm -hmm. to like really shake up that things. one though it's like how as an individual player how do you think mm -hmm. that like your may, what i your guess chances? speaker order would kind of right. make me feel like all right well i'm speaker so i can get if leadership we, if we do an action phase then i think i will come out right. on top right but uh, i think that's a pretty wild here's thing the scenario do. i want to see this sure is, this is what i'm excited for someday is three laws in play has already been scored it activates in the agenda phase so if you vote classified documents leaks for three laws in play everyone score it's a public so it's like it's, it's a public objective that you score on the agenda phase and there's there's no thing that you do to qualify for it if there are three laws in play during the agenda phase you score, you score it. it so that so it becomes just everybody gets a point that's now. hilarious I want except that. for one person except for it's one person who already point. scored yeah. it so yeah. they're gonna fight tooth and nail against it but i feel like if that was out there we should all rally behind <sighs> that i want i want that to happen someday. yeah that's gross <laughs> that's really gross and you would score it right away because yeah, i know there instantly. was some it's still yeah. the agenda phase okay so yeah, within yeah. the agenda phase right everyone just gets it oh uh next up is incentive program this is uh, the four draws a stage one public objective. The against draws a stage two objective. I feel like everybody has a way they lean on this. I prefer the stage one. Unless, unless... How do we disagree on everything today? Like, I was like so excited. I was like, he's going to say against because that's the right answer and then we're just why gonna be like we right? agree why is it right because stage twos are just better they make the game faster they it's, don't make the game fast how yeah, many stage twos are unscorable by most people 
Oh, come a on. A lot but, of them. But, well, okay, but see, there's you've, you've just defeated your own point. If if the problem is that the stage twos are mostly unscorable, then getting more involved faster is that's the faster way to get to a stage two that is scorable. And a lot of the time, half the players can only win with a stage two anyway. So this is basically saying everybody's got a shot. I hate that as a player. If I'm a player who has a shot at all, I don't want that then is my, well, in the abstract, I definitely prefer the stage two. I'm not saying like, sure from my, if, if I am in the lead, yeah, I'll go four because who cares about an extra stage one. Right. Right. I think you are right that if you are the one behind, if you haven't got your guac or something like you need, most of the time you're only seeing one stage two, this doubles your odds. Right. (laughs) For the whole game. Yes. But I think generally speaking, people have found some sort of path and opening up stage twos is like too much variance unless you need to, unless you like need the chaos to sneak your way into winning anyways. Right. Sometimes it's like, I'm going to be early enough in speaker order. They're going to win slay the first two people. And this gives me my shot. If everybody can score and obfuscates who the obvious if winner I'm, is. If I'm commentating though, like if I, if oh, I, I want to, yeah, I, I want, want the stage two. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. A hundred percent. Uh, we've also got Imperial Arbiter. We've already talked a lot about it, but we haven't read the ability at the end of the strategy phase. The owner of this card may discard this card to swap one of their strategy cards with another player's strategy card. It's QDN. Uh, for the anybody. exact same timing window as the well. Exact same QDN, uh, which makes it really complicated when With Hakan QDN, yeah. is in play and has. And QDN. then like QDN, and then let's say like Necros in there. Right. So we got three. And <laughs> oh my god, it's pretty. Can get pretty nuts. Uh, but so. this this is like a game winner. This is you get yeah, it. Yeah, totally. it, it, You you will pay quite a lot for Imperial Arbiter. I think I will pay more for Imperial Arbiter than any other agenda in the deck. Mm, yeah, it's yeah, it's 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 quite good. Yeah. Um, it's it's good in all good always all the time right. i can't I, I can't come up with some weird scenario where it's not good right the only thing you fear is you spending a bunch of money on it and then it getting repealed right. which is not that common anymore because yeah. the action card deck is too big yeah so uh next up we have mutiny everyone's uh favorite maybe or seed better definitely I don't know. The, definitely uh, no no mutiny's the best one. mutiny's the good one it's a directive for each player that voted for gains one victory point. point against each player that voted for loses one victory point Love this it. is so mean to argent flight and then anybody yeah. who happens to be like first in voting order, because realistically you have to just abstain from this or more likely you probably vote against because you just need to burn it. And then, and then what, what's tragic about mutiny is it actually ends up being nothing most of the time because the first three people in order are like, I'm not risking anything here. And if anything, I don't need you all getting points as well. So three of us are voting against and burning it. Yeah. Or, or. something cool happens, <laughs> right? which is all it Writers. takes is somebody feeling like there's going to, it's going to yeah. be fun to go away. You know what right. I mean? Like it's, it is, yes. In, in the abstract, you can optimally just sort of say like, actually mutiny sucks. Right. And nobody does anything with it. I, I think that mutiny is the, the agenda that comes out and you see weird stuff happen the most often right that's what i like about it right right um i would argue seat of empire sees the weirder outcomes and so let's do that one real quick uh seat of an empire is the one where you vote uh for the player with the most victory points gains one victory point and against the player with the fewest victory points gains one victory point mm-hmm. this is and you said this is the big this is actually the weirdest one this Mutiny's is the weirdest. not actually that good this one's super weird no 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 no. this one's weird because and early... always crazy stuff happens with it why right? always different crazy stuff it's not the same thing every time it's which crazy, is that everybody though. just trades supports yeah this, is, this forces crazy but sometimes it forces like really weird support swaps you know what i mean sure the support swaps can be weird but i'm it's just a support swap two people get yes. but sometimes it's like uh the three of us 
have to do a, tr- a support yeah. triangle I think and now the game is very strange i just don't find that that weird i guess mm. what i'm saying is that like i feel like seed of an empire now people have figured it out mm. and it really is kind of this game of trying to get everybody at the exact same right. point total right and then just go four you but know? even that i love because of what it does to the end game like it puts everybody on track generally speaking like this is everybody's guac sometimes everybody evens out right yeah i guess that's that that is a thing i i think anything that sort of commands this that the supports come into the game Mm -hmm. uh, i I always feel a little bit meh about um and i feel like the against sort of ensures that if it comes out so like if it comes out and that is possible then that is what they will do right however if it comes out and that is not possible then they just go against if it's like if we're in round four and it could be like oh man, this could be like, this could really shake things up. Yeah. It's like, well, we probably won't go for because we could just go against and give Robbie, you know, right. who's been struggling this game, <laughs> right. his pity point or right. whatever. Totally. Uh, and then last up, we have the newest victory point agenda, which is political censure. The elected player gains this card and one victory point. The elected player cannot play action cards you can draw them which is the biggest tease here and so annoying uh if the owner of this card loses this card they lose one victory point so we don't have the weird veto veto uh, shenanigans that we used to have mm-hmm. but this is a victory point but you no longer get to use action cards and that's a tough call sometimes i i mean i think it is always right to, you want this like you want the point you need the point yeah yeah but some i mean like it's hard for some folks like yeah i'm i mean I feel like I'm kind of down on the action card deck in general, so I feel like... It's okay to not it, have access to I them. mean, it just depends. I don't know. It's yeah. like, I, I feel like it used to be in base game, I felt like almost every win was made off of the back of having some good action cards. Mm-hmm. And now I feel like that isn't as common. So I feel like the math on this becomes more like, nah, I would just rather... Uh, have, have my extra point, point yeah. than, than, you know... I've be definitely been in situations where this comes out too late in the Mm -hmm. game where it's like hey look i'm looking my win in the face like i see what my path is but my path requires my action card hand yeah and then this becomes a very complicated i've already made a plan and it has to do with playing these cards so how am i going to readjust yeah i get the point so that that's maybe one less thing i have to do or whatever but it's just like it it can be so difficult yeah I, i i agree that there are some situations where the math can get hard i think i generally in the abstract would favor just getting the point yeah. and saying screw it to the action cards. It doesn't, uh, also, Asarl is not affected by it, right? Like, no laws affect Asarl's ability to play cards. Right. Is that correct? It's is so that annoying. The, the reading it's of so it? It's so annoying because it's or, cannot overrides, and this card says cannot play action cards. Well, this crushes Asarl. Yeah. It gives him a point, but I do think that Asarl's win is still completely tied up yeah. in their action cards. Absolutely. So I'm not really sure. Now, it would be funny. If they have Meiji on Biostims and they still use it, right? But just to just to steal cards from other people and <laughs> just not... to get it into their hand and be like, "All right, well, you don't have your good earning, yeah. and I'm coming back for that other one with my Biostims." <laughs> right? That's funny. Well, and you, you know what's funny is you can still stall. Like now, all those cards are just stalls. They're nothing oh. but because you're not playing it, you're just getting rid. You're discarding yeah. it from your hand. Oh, so now everything mind. is just stall, 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 nah, stall, 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 stall. It doesn't hurt them. It doesn't really <laughs> hurt them, man. That's yeah. Let's talk about stuff that does hurt okay let's talk about our cataclysmic event sure yeah 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 yeah. so first up we have a for and against it is articles of war this one i think people will be like questioning whether or not this is a proper cataclysmic event and i i hear your objections but for 
all mechs lose their printed abilities except for sustained damage against each player that voted for gains three trade goods. I will say already, a lot of these cataclysmic events have outs. Most of them are one side is cataclysmic, yeah. the other side is nothing. It so doesn't matter. Explain to me why you feel like this is a cataclysmic This event. one I feel like is cataclysmic because if this gets hit on, well, the argument about Empyrean we made earlier, like mm -hmm. Empyrean losing access to the ability of their mechs is like tragic. This is game crushing for them. Mahakt to lose their mech ability. Many games of Mahakt are like dependent on the Mahawks securing their win with, mm -hmm. with mechs. So when I think of cataclysmic event, I think of an agenda that is soul crushing to one player or another. The thing about the Empyrean point though, that like sort of like what I was talking about before is that it's hard to take away Empyrean's mechs. Right. We'll it, just vote against is what you're saying because we don't want to do that to oh, Empyrean. No, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying. I'm, I'm, I'm saying, well, so, okay. Sort of. That is what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, but it's just like, I don't know how Empyrean's mechs are going to play out in this game. Yeah. So, so often, Empyrean mechs are spent on something that's not only good for Empyrean, but good for the table. Right. So it's very hard for me to be like, okay, we Gotta should take away those. that ability. Right. Because what if I need Empyrean to have that ability yep. in order to stop this other player from winning so that then I can win? Right. So like, for me thinking about how much it's going to hurt other people because it's also going to hurt me as well yeah. you know like let's say let's say i have just like an average mech that yeah. i don't care about let's say i have like l1's mech right. like i don't really mind actually they don't even lose their bombardment because that's not an ability no it's lose all abilities except for sustained damage oh that's okay included. Yeah, yeah, yeah so that is included so yeah let's say i have l1's i'm just going to kind of be like ah well okay so it's going to hurt me a little bit um, and it, it might affect the late game for me, but it's going to crush Empyrean, and I don't know that I want that. Yeah. I don't know that I want to take away Empyrean's right. ability to Nasroka, hold the table. It's rough. Nasroka, what is the printed ability on it? That's how you turn them into ships. Oh. What, so they so. just get stuck wherever they were yeah. at, though? Now, the big thing is they'll still have, they'll still roll extra dice in ground combat, which mm -hmm. is quite good. But right, because that's not an ability. They just get stuck on, on the ground, thing. basically. Yeah. Uh, I just... Yeah, I feel like, I, I don't know. I'd like to see a group that passes it because I actually don't think I've ever yeah, seen it, it pass. Yeah, it doesn't pass very often. I've only seen it go against because the against is such a nice, it's just nice. It's yeah. just like a nice thing. Right. So like the way I see it go down most of the time is the first three players put, or maybe all four, or mm -hmm. oh, sorry, all five, put one on four and then they all pay the speaker to make it so go, go against. against. Right. And they have the, the built-in cash to do it. Even if right. you don't start with any cash, right. you can just say, I'll, all right everyone's making four or five dollars yeah and then the speaker can make the most for right. voting against it's right. like everybody pledges one it's true it's yeah it's so easy to avoid yeah the next one is the opposite of that you cannot avoid economic equality mm -hmm. <laughs> it's a, unless you have like veto or deadly uh plot yeah this is the one where four you either get everyone loses all trade goods then gets five or the against is everyone loses all of them so anybody stockpiling for the late game to to score 10 trade goods mm -hmm. their dreams are crushed this is my uh, i think least favorite agenda in the whole deck it's like just always the saddest, oh, I, I meanest mean, thing to happen i mean i think it's mean but i like it like yeah. i i like that it's out there right uh scaring people or whatever right um I do think that it is funny the way that it seems to come out when there there is perfect targets for it. Yeah, like I don't, I can't recall the last time I've seen it come out 
and everybody's got a little bit of money, so everybody just goes four, right. you know? Right. Like, so many Somebody's times, got 10. Yeah, Somebody. somebody's, somebody's got, like, 25 right. or something. You know what I mean? Like, somebody's got an ungodly amount yeah. of trade goods, and then they just have to get rid of all of them, because everybody else is like, yeah, I'll lose two. I also going to lose 25. I also love how this one interacts with Mentak sitting at the table. Yeah. Which that, is like, now we all have to factor in, like, Mentak's going to get 10 trade goods? That's a weird aspect four? of it. Yeah, yeah. And I would say that if Mentak is at the table, you should just go against yeah, exactly. Because Mentak is going to have... Uh, exactly. Exactly. Freaking mirror, mirror computer or what? What is it? Mirror computing. Yeah, mirror it's computing? a double the oh, value yeah, yeah. of all. Yeah. So it's twenty trade, twenty dollars. Yeah, you don't uh, want that. Next up is enforced travel ban. This one didn't used to be a cataclysmic event, but POK I think changed it a little bit. Which is four alpha and beta wormholes have no effect during movement. Whatever we don't doesn't really care apply about to ghosts against destroy each PDS in or adjacent to each system that contains a wormhole. Now this is also a little bit unfair because like. On our tournament maps, our wormholes are always very evenly spread out, which means mm -hmm. the force travel ban hits like every hex on the board right. sometimes. And if there's a structure objective out, this is a cataclysmic event. Well, in general, in POK, I think you can say, like, and it would be fair to say that there's just more wormholes in places. Yes. Like, even if them, even if you don't start with definitely, them on the map, right. there would be more wormholes that will come out. Right. And also... Uh, structures, not really as a utility, yeah. but just as a thing that scores points, have in some ways become slightly more important. Right. So yeah, I would say that the against can be pretty mean. And as far as like how many PDS it can kill, oh my gosh. can get it can get really fun. Especially against something like Titans or Argent. It's sure. like it. That's my Here, whole thing. Here's the is other. those structures. <laughs> yeah, and then the four. I do think it is kind of tuned properly. Right. Like, let's say everyone is going to get hurt by it, so they would rather not go against. Right. The four is so like, man, I don't know if I want to shut those down. I, I don't know. even know that what I'm going to need. You know what I mean? If yep. it's like round three, I might be like, I don't even know yep. how much that will be a problem. So it's very hard for me to be like, oh, let's just go four. Yep. Like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, next up is the classic cataclysmic event. It's Ixthian Artifact. Honestly, there's not much to say anymore about Ixthian because we've it's always been the thing everybody roots for. This is the one where if you go... It, the against is no effect, so whatever. But this one is like, even in tournament games, people are like, I want the four to happen. Mm -hmm. But the four is also perfectly tuned because you roll a die and a 50% chance... Uh, Everyone gets two technologies, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. Or a 50% chance of Mechatol gets nuked, and every system adjacent to Mechatol loses three units. Three units, yeah. Yeah, which, like, can, because it's units, yep. it can get pretty bad. You can on, lose like, some ground what, forces. You could end up stuff. losing a space dock, yeah. is what I'm saying. Yeah, like, yeah. a PDS, even, right. could come. If, if you have a, a space dock that's kind of naked, let's say you just built it and there's not a whole lot going on there, right. could lose space dock. So, totally. yeah, that's pretty rough. This one, though, is like, it's so hard not to go for just because it's like, well, the against is just literally boring nothing. If you're having a, if you're having fun, yep. you know, then you should go for. Right. I mean, you should really always go for because you do possibly get two tech, two which tech. is like That's crazy. Huge. That's yeah. nuts. Changes the whole game. And, and then the, your other reward is like, I mean, how many... Like there's always there's one player on Mechatol Rex, yep. which means that's one person that might get blown up. Right. Maybe everybody else is just out fine. there, so like they're gonna lose some stuff. So I could see people being like, eh, I don't know, yeah. we might get blown up. It's so up, easy though for it to be like, ah, I lost three fighters. And also, I think I just want to say for the record, I do think that it is not cool. It is N O T C O O L <laughs> to Rider. Takes the an artifact. Yeah, it is. Nasty. If we can just have an agreement here, <laughs> if we can all just agree on one thing, let us have fun. Which is that riders on Ixthian artifact 
No bueno. Yeah. How dare Lame. you? How dare Lame. you? Loser. How dare you? Because <laughs> it always goes the same way, which is that they put it on the four because yep. they know everybody wants the four, yep. and then we have to go against. Right. How dare you? Right. Now, I will, and let me excuse this a little bit, though. If you've got enough riders to stack them on either side, yeah. bravo. Okay. Yeah. That's fine. Right. But if you are not prepared to go ham and throw riders say, on there's it. one person who's allowed to do riders and it is the person on mechatol sure they're like oh, hey yeah, yeah, yeah. this is my payment yes yes <laughs> you are paying me for what that, i lose that is actually a very good note uh <laughs> that that whoever's on mechatol rex can play riders for but everybody else n-o-t <laughs> get out of here c-o-o-l o-o-o-o-l <laughs> uh next up we've got public execution the elected player discards all their action cards if that player has the speaker token they give it to the player to their left. The elected player cannot vote on any agendas during this agenda phase. That last part is just like icing I on an awful know why cake. You, yeah, yeah why if it's you, the first agenda, it's like, okay, cool, thanks. Why does it need to be that mean? Right. Why can't you vote? <laughs> you know, it's just like completely unnecessary. 50% of the time, it doesn't even do anything right. because it's the second so agenda. it's just like this one little... Yeah. Also, you don't get to come to the next thing. Right. You're out. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, but this one is so mean, and especially the, that, that fact that it includes the speaker note means there's just like all this extra weight on like well there's no so many people want it to happen because it moves to the left it puts everybody one step earlier in speaker order than they otherwise would have been if so public execution is just a game crusher so so uh speaker token selling has become very uh important yep uh, it's just gotten more and more prevalent in the game i do know that i feel like some people are a little bit tired of that aspect of it it feels sure. like a little kind of locked in um i kind of go either way with it because yeah, like fine. you can never tell people are gonna uh, well, there's so many again. things that it costs you that we've already explained. Like in right. selling the speaker token, you put yourself last in voting order. Yeah, generally speaking. Yeah, totally, totally. But let's 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 just explore this for a little bit. What if you saw the agendas before you decide where the speaker token right. goes? If that was the case, literally every time someone sells the speaker token, a the person getting it is just like. Am I about to get publicly executed? Yeah. Like, is that this came up in our in our game the other day? Of the real way it works is you assign speaker first. So this this just happened to somebody. Yeah, Big Al yes. sold the speaker token to Rwise, and then public execution came out, and Rwise got hit with it. Right, and Big Al got his speaker token right back. Exactly, and and it's it's like it's like something that you know. The reason I think if you saw the agendas first, it could be more like, oh, I'm going to plan. Oh, oh, yeah, I should totally sell yeah. the speaker token because I know public execution is coming up. The way it comes up now is it's like you sell the speaker token and then you're just like, oh, I guess that's a play I get to yeah. do. Huh, I have wow. to. I actually have to tell more of the story of yeah, yeah, that yeah, play, though, because that happened. Big Al, so, so Big Al does uh, politics, gives speaker token to ROIs, doesn't know the public execution is on top. Uh, burned, too. So literally public execution was completely blind. Rwise has two action cards, uh, plays a politics writer on himself. <laughs> Speaker token goes to Big Al. <laughs> then the politics writer goes off. He discards his two bad action cards. He draws three great action cards and gets the speaker token back. It was just this dumb, like, walk it back and forth. It was, like, the the, the least really impressive funny. but coolest play on a public no, execution that's, that's, ever. That's real. That, no, that's a great that's play. Awesome. I think yeah. that rules. Pol yeah. yeah, politics right around public execution is, like, the best thing that can happen to you. I will say, though, and why didn't you all just vote to hurt somebody else? Like, Because it was, uh, whatever the timing of it was, it was just, like, we might as well, like. Yeah, just do burn. that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, and I think by the yeah by the time he did it, it was it was also just like well whatever. There's yeah, nobody it's else just, that we have too to funny. hit. Why do we need to hurt somebody? Right, here? We were playing right. a very friendly game. Right, that makes sense. Uh, next up, we got publicized weapon schematics. Uh, this is a law for if any player owns a war sun technology. Now Muat's basic war suns do not count as owning a war sun technology. But their faction tech, but their does. faction tech yeah. does. So their, the timing upgrade. of this coming yeah. out can make it ex- especially cataclysmic. Um, but if if any player owns Warsun technology, all players may ignore all prerequisites on Warsun technologies. All Warsuns lose sustained damage. That last part happens no matter what. Even if though nobody gets the prerequisite thing, right. Warsuns lose sustained damage. So that, the four, crushes Muat's dreams. It's the worst thing that Completely can Completely crushes them? Well... You see the argument all the time of like, hey, who, wh- who's sustaining their war sun for like right. the war sun's the last thing you sustain, and I get that, but for it to even lose the access to that, like you don't see direct hits nearly as often. I think that is awful to happen to Muwa. Hmm. I don't know. I just like uh, not that I, tragic to you anymore. I just well, I don't. Uh, what do you mean anymore? I I I, I it just, used to be pretty. I mean, direct hits were all over the place. Yeah. I th- I I just feel like because it's just I mean it's just one HP from Muat's sure thing and it's and okay. it's like a fine. an hp that they do well, no 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 i <laughs> that's fine no whatever i've watched people make the same argument in game i'm wrong like i'm just wrong about this the against is bad though don't you can't talk me out of the against if people have war sun tech but it's again each player that owns a war sun technology discards all of their action cards yeah the thing with this one is no matter what a bad thing happens to muat right well th- i mean unless the, they don't if, if they don't have it the against is nothing so so the against only applies to if they have the upgrade right, right. so if this is early you're fine if I think it's late, it's like bad. I want to make an argument that this is not that bad for Muat for for two reasons. Uh, the first reason is that uh, I don't think the sustained damage is that big of a deal, and then the against doesn't apply to them until they do the the uh, upgrade. Right. So the, so there's a there's a really easy way for the four to not be the biggest deal in the world, and then the against to sort of be like, yeah, that's not going to happen to sure. me though. Um, the second one is that I feel like it's become and possibly too popular. Uh, but it has become very popular for Muats to just sell uh, Fires of the Ash right. like so kind of willy nilly. Right. So the idea that this comes out and Muat is actually impervious to it, but other Somebody people are having to deal with it. True. And again, like the worst thing that can happen to them is their war sons lose uh, sustained damage, which I'm not saying that is not a big deal at all, but yeah. I do not feel that it is cataclysmic or that it ruins their game. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We we had it and it was our Muat did not um, didn't have the upgrade so the against wasn't a big deal and we were able to and just sidestep it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, these next two are um, pretty uh, awful, I would say, for our ghost player. We're we're down to the wormholes mm-hmm. and both of them are bad in different ways. Uh, wormhole research is a directive for each player who has one or more ships in systems that contains a wormhole may research one technology oh it's a good thing then destroy all ships in systems that contain an alpha or beta wormhole see this is the one actually where the four can apply to ghosts right they get the tech and, and they, they not actually have to lose any but ships i think in sometimes. pok it's pretty often that ghost is on wormhole nexus with some like ghost will take wormhole nexus first action first turn right and have it for a lot of the game yeah i think think, ghosts still are advantaged by playing in alphas and betas quite a lot you still want to start your movement in alphas and betas totally and And, and, and it's also fairly likely that you have moved an alpha or i i feel like the whole mech uh dancing around thing with ghosts now where you're selling iff but then also using your mechs to move 
the wormholes around. A lot of times you end up having to put one in your home system, although right. it's not great to do that. Right. But you might just uh, have what's, to do what's that. What's wackier about this one is because it was an agenda written for base game, but POK has added gamma wormholes, which also don't apply yeah, to that other right, thing. Right. So some people that aren't ghosts get the benefits of being in wormholes that aren't alphas and betas and don't lose any ships. So this right. one has gotten even more dangerous, I would say, because there's a, there's even more people at the table that are like, hey, this is only good for me. So I'm right. definitely putting a bunch of votes for. Yeah, so the four is like, there's now more, I would say, exceptions to the nasty thing yep. as compared to, to base game. Uh, but the, the alpha and betas are like more prevalent meaning right. there is also a likelihood that more people are going to have to destroy ships right uh what what's the against the against is each player that voted against removes one command token from their command sheet and returns it to the reinforcements not the worst thing in the world but this is one of those ones where if you want to avoid it at all you have to most people want to abstain and break the tie against yeah but generally again especially with gammas out there there's probably one person who's like hey i'm just in a gamma no i think I, yeah i think there's always going to be Someone enough people that want this that the four i feel like that i still i feel like the four happens a lot yeah. but it does yeah it does occasionally like completely destroy somebody's game not even necessarily always ghost no though. no but I, ghost is always a is almost always affected in yeah, some way yeah uh, and then the last one is wormhole reconstruction and this one is the law the four that makes it a law is all systems that contain either an alpha or beta wormhole are adjacent to each other. Nothing wrong there except for putting a law in play. Sure. The against is each player places a command token from their reinforcements in each system that contains a wormhole, any wormhole, and one or more of their ships. This is the one that is soul crushing to Ghosts of Creus. It's really mean. You lock down your flagship, you lock down your home system, yeah. you lock down the Delta, uh, the, the Creus gate, mm -hmm. and any other wormholes you happen to be in. Yeah. And this includes everybody else too. This one is very bad to go against. I would say it's funny that that the four is actually really good and that people right. like it because anytime Ghost is in, it's just like, well, let's go against because we'll hurt we'll somebody really bad. So but mean. instead, we're like, well, we could go to four and we all get a little something. <laughs> right. but it's like, no, 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 no. Let's crush one player. Right. It does happen a lot, though. Yeah. We, and we've seen it in some high-profile games. We've seen there was a semifinals game mm -hmm. uh, where some where it was Patience. Yeah, uh, his whole game was ruined Thrown because of that, because yeah. of the against for that. And it was just I think it was critical too. It was like the yeah. final. They were going into the final going round. Going into or a maybe final second round for last. that to happen is like awful because like yeah. some people, especially because going into a final round, like for many factions, the best place you can post up is go like I'll do this too. I just did it in my star game where it's like you're looking in round four and you're like, I don't have a ton to do. I can score these objectives pretty easily, but what I have to do is prep for my round five strategy. So all I need is to have access to stuff. Mm -hmm. So you go and you intentionally park a bunch of stuff in wormholes so that then you can jump out of any potential space you need to later in the round. And right. then this agenda comes out and you're just dead in the water. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that was man. That we was did all it. of them. Two hours plus again. Jeebus. It's uh, we we whatever. It's every we literally <laughs> whatever. We literally did every single agenda. I thought we wouldn't, but we can't help ourselves. We love to read I don't the know text why you of thought, this board. I don't game. know why you thought we wouldn't because you made a know. list of every single agenda. So you said we're not going to talk about every single agenda. But anyways, here's a list of every single talk about. You started know. reading them. I know. I didn't stop. No, you, I'm not but, blaming you. Yeah, I'm yeah. saying it's we do this every time. Yeah, yeah. And we do this for you. We do it for you. We do 
all of this for you. I want to thank our weird ba- bears, big owl cappuccino. <laughs> our weird bars. I have cotton mouth. <laughs> our weird bars, big owl cappuccino, far garnish, queen of shame, Billy, Brashbird, Brian, Kalu, and John, Shunaletto, Alice, Mate Nation, Rumor Hippo, Absol, Arwise, Fweddy, T.G. Welch, and Spirit Fang. And I want to thank our little peace turtles. Patience is a virtue. My son is also named Bort, Anvalier, Frank G. Gaskio, Goondog, Beza, Rekka, Carnal, Naderade, Nick, Privix, Rolo, Uncle Batty, and Teddy's Jam for you. Teddy's Jam for you. All right, please send us this Imperium Life stories to spacecatspeaceturtles at gmail.com. We need them. We need more. We yep. ain't got enough. We yeah. need more. Need more of them if we're going to do this. Uh, Galactic Council, your second round poll, is is it going to be done or is it up or what? It's it, up. I know it's up, but um, is it going to be done by soon. then? We're doing that soon. It's got enough days left. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 okay. Yeah, 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 cool, yeah. cool, cool. So there's two options left. Uh, TI4, tech tier list, and improvise a Twilight Imperium scenario. Um, Matt, can you pull it up for me so that I can see where they're, so that we've, the Galactic Council has kind of become, I would say, a trolling organization. An agent of chaos. Um, yeah, they're, uh, they're, they got nasty these days. Yeah, so, so they had a tie going like they did last time. Yeah. They want to do a tie again. Let's see if they're, they're holding on to it right now. 51, 49, uh, 148 so. votes. A lot of voted and currently, oh, <laughs> come on, y'all. Tech tier list is winning. By with, one. By, by I guess technically four votes. I think is oh, what is it that four votes out to be? Oh yeah, yeah, by, right. by two percent they're winning. Yeah. Hey, y'all, get in there for improvise the Twilight Imperium scenario, please. Yeah. So please. Well, <laughs> please. whatever. No, I mean, I, 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 we don't care which one you pick. But uh, if I will say that if you make the tie happen, we don't know what we will do. Yeah, we won't because com- we can't do a combo episode. Last it time was, it, it was synergy. It made sense. Yeah, to do both. They, they were two like kind of light topics, so it made sense to just put them together, and it was yeah. funny. But now if you guys do this to us and i'm tempted i'm really just trying to tempt you to do it uh i i literally don't know how we will yeah, resolve that right like right i i think well i don't i don't even want to i don't even want to tease you because i don't know i literally don't know but uh if you do the 50 50 do not expect us to do exactly the same thing no, we did last time which is both of them we will not right so i do not know what you get mm-hmm. if you make it 50 50 i know technically i'm the vice president i'm supposed to break ties but i i feel like the will of the people mm-hmm. has been telling us to just do ties so i would feel bad using that right 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 um because this isn't even about i think the galactic council preferring one topic over the <laughs> exactly. other it's literally just about a large enough faction yeah. of the council just wants it to be a tie <laughs> so they are going in i'm gonna call it the cages faction yeah the, so the cages the cages uh what do, what do you call it uh yeah or the caucus the, the cages co- caucus the cages. that's what it is so the cages caucus uh is really into this tie thing um and i don't know how i mean if uh, how how big that caucus even is but it feels like they're really getting it done right. anyways homebrewers guild uh give me more factions uh i have uh a a soft date for when i will be doing that stream although i'm also uh gonna be moving soon from arkansas which is a weird thing to just throw out here but i am gonna be moving soon um so it will kind of have to move around the move uh but it is probably gonna happen in late september on a weekend so you have plenty of time to get factions in i would love to have more there are i would say a healthy number now Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um but yeah, and let's uh, let's talk about your your Twitch schedule because we got a really exciting thing yeah, coming up this, this weekend. Weekend is a busy weekend. It's our fourth year anniversary, and we've got uh, on Saturday, September eleventh at fourteen hundred UTC. We have the twenty twenty finalists rematch. They're playing on the twenty twenty one map with the twenty twenty one draft, but all of 
2020's finalists are coming back to see if Duke Lukem still can rank supreme or if <laughs> someone else is going to carry the 2020 the belt. Pressure's on Duke. The pressure's on Duke. I think I feel like Duke doesn't stand a chance purely because he's already won once. However, it's a pretty honorable group of players, so I don't think they'll just try to nuke Duke's game. Yeah, yeah. No, they're not They're not going to nuke Duke him. No, nuke Duke Lukem. Uh, and then the next day, September 12th at 1700 UTC, we have our Charity Alliance stream, and we're playing that with Lord of the Board, Jake from Good Time Society, uh, Brain in a Jar, and Phantom Meeple. It's going to be an awesome day. Uh, I'm really afraid of how long that game is going to take because yeah. uh, you play basically sort of a 14-pointer. I think that we could all agree to call it. Yeah. It's it's us experimenting <laughs> with a weird right, variant. Right. We do not. And I feel like the other players don't quite realize this risk. So maybe letting them <laughs> know. Like, let them know how hey, long just so you be. know, this could go <laughs> yeah. a minute. You know, <laughs> this could be. Till the dawn, yeah, basically. Yeah. So we maybe may we turn don't it, want to do that. Instead of 14 and 10, we may just uh, halfway through be like, it's going to be 10 and 8, actually. 10 and 8, 10 and 8 sounds probably good. good enough. 10 and 8 sounds fine. <laughs> and everybody, everybody could do 10 and 8. Yeah. Uh, I've got a SAR game that's going to hit the YouTube here this week, I think. Cool. Gonna, I'm going to get that together. It was a fun... It's the game I was just describing with RYs and Big Al Cappuccino, uh, myself. Uh, you should definitely do it because of that one moment you described. That moment that was great. Awesome. It, yeah. it was a hilarious game. There were so many good moments in it. Uh, I would it also like a good group too. love it if you rated our podcast on your podcast app of choice and also find information about our Patreon, our Twitter, our Discord, our merch on SpaceCatsPeaceTurtles.com. I'd love to put a special plug in there for the Patreon right now uh, because we have... Uh, you know, the, when the tournament finishes up, there's always sort of like this question of like, what's next? And I, I want people to get hyped for the invitational. Mm -hmm. uh, and the Patreon is what allows us to do that kind of stuff. So I, yes. I know COVID is a weird thing. And I don't I never judge anybody for pulling support or doing, you know, you do what you want with your money. But this show is Patreon supported. Uh, it's how we do it. Uh, so we just we love it uh, if we can get your support for that so that we can keep doing stuff like these streams and this podcast as a whole. Yeah, totally, totally. Um, what do we want? What, what do we want to do now? What do you want to do? Should, uh, let's just go ahead and real quickly here at the end. Let's just like read every single action card, like super fast, like just you, Hunter, just like super let's fast, just super it won't, fast. Like it won't take every, very long. We're just yeah. gonna go through every single action card. We just could real just fast. do that. Yeah. yeah, man, I can't believe what we did. Another like I mean, because we've been so good about not doing these like overstuffed like big time yeah because to be honest like here's the thing like i don't understand the show i don't understand listening to the show i don't understand enjoying the show and i definitely do not understand how people don't just see that big big time big code mp3 show up on their phone or whatever that they don't just look at that and they're just like I'm done with this show. Yeah, I'm done with these not. guys. <laughs> these guys think that I'm going to listen to them talk about this board game. Not just they, this board game. Just the agenda is part of this board game. Just a little piece of the two game. two and a half for hours. Two and a, for two and a half hours. And we still somehow, at this point, four years into the game, I feel like we still get notes making it sound like, you know, you guys really didn't talk about it. <laughs> like you really didn't quite cover everything. And it's just like, I this, think the project that we have going here is to prove that there, it's never enough. For I you think people. <laughs> I think that what the people want, Matt, is for us to turn on the live stream. Exactly. And never turn and it off. And never stop <laughs> talking about Twilight Imperium. I think that's what they want, Matt. Until our just brains turn to mush <laughs> and we're like not even we're not wearing clothes anymore. 
we're just like and you there's like stink flies around yeah, us yeah. and we're just stuff disgusting. is on fire in the back we're like we we like we like start wrestling at times <laughs> like it's like we've like gone completely insane lord of the flies. and then just like every once in a while we just sit down again and start talking about mm-hmm. anyways today flagship talking, tier list three today is our guide for the agenda phase as mentac <laughs> just the agenda phase only as men that's how granular we could get with the show if we wanted to go full like david lynch uh-huh. like what if what if this whole show has just been an elaborate performance art piece mm-hmm. where we are seeing like how specific we can get with this topic and do we ever freak people out with how specific <laughs> we are getting because like my family's freaked yeah but not the audience yet. Mm-hmm. But we're gonna find it. The spe- the, the topic that's so specific. Hey, y'all, we're gonna freak you. We are. Uh, this is a new promise. <laughs> the apology arc has been over, and now it's about almost spite getting into this game to such an extent that you don't understand how we could talk about that specific. Like, what if, like, for one episode, we had like a three-hour episode where we talked about only one action card right like four hours yeah. on direct hit yeah like are you gonna you're gonna join us on that are really? you gonna are you gonna join come on down <laughs> come on out let's bring it on can i get some priorata for the four hour direct hit conversation where we only talk about direct hit Thank you for listening to Space Cat's Peace Turtles. And thanks to Ben Prunty for the use of his music. You can find more at benpruntymusic.com and benprunty.bandcamp.com. Pax Magnifica, Bellum Gloriosum. <laughs>